Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Landscurve Live. I have been busting my chops on so many different fronts, and you know how it goes personally. Those who are in the conference calls with me after the show, which we will have one tonight. So we have been multitasking like a mother, and I hate to miss shows, but we did last night. And even my sleep was off today. My body was calling, and I went and took a nap. In the middle of the day, we went out early and came back, and I had to take a nap. When I made this banner, it took me a long time to do it because every time I would do something, I'd fall asleep in the chair. So it's a miracle for me to be here, but I can't be away from my family for too long. Landon Price, Yvonne, Master Glam, Indigo King, Easy. We got the crew here. We got a few more people. I know Reese is going to come in slipping through the door. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Well, you deserve your flowers anyway, and you're loved. That's right. And thank you for saying the same thing, Breezy. I'm a human being. I ain't perfect, but I'm doing my best, and I plan on doing better. That's what it's all about, to make your life better and strive to go higher. You will make mistakes. Never feel bad about that. This world is so treacherous because the minute you slip a little bit, Many people are always there to remind you that, oh, you messed up. Oh, you, you, you what are you going to do? Nobody's offering help, but they're asking you what you're going to do. But then you've been there for them. I don't understand it. So now we're going to talk about 25 things women and men want in a marriage. Before I say that, I have to say how the sun was beating down. We did a short walk and talk. This is a short one. We went over to the plant guy and sat down for a while, talked to, talked to him. Most of the time we were sitting down talking to him. So it wasn't as spectacular with the sights. But sometime before this week is over, I want to go out earlier with my tripod and talk to people in the street. I want that to be a regular thing I do damn near every day. So I'm not going to say pray, but just send me good energy to keep me up so I can get this stuff done, so I can bring it here, so we can enjoy it, because that's what it's all about we're going to talk about it. So people are going to say, well, 25 things women and men want marriage. What is he talking about? I don't want no marriage. I don't want marriage. Marriage is, you know, it's, it's, I don't want that. So wait a second. Oh, snap. I just took a glance. Indigo King, you're on a tornado watch. I know it's been going down, but dang, man. Um, just like Master Glam said, do you have a place where you know that you can go? Um, in your structure or, or somewhere close by. And it's only the beginning. So this has been, see, I don't understand that part of the country. You know, when you live in a certain part, you're not really used to, it's like me being in New York with the snow and the blizzards, as opposed to somebody in Florida who knows about the hurricanes. So maybe you're a little more relaxed about it because you're there, but it's nothing to take light. And you know that, but um, it's only the beginning of the season. So what, how long does this tornado season last? You know, that's something that scares me for real. That's something that, that's something hurricanes don't bother me. Blizzards don't bother me, but tornadoes, you, 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 you brave brother. You know what I mean? It takes a certain mindset. I mean, if you've been there for a long time, yeah, I understand, but we, we, we send a good protective energy to you and our thoughts. Yes. Up to about November. God, dog, that's a long time. Wow. But you, you'll be okay. There's nothing going to happen to your brother and your loved ones and your inner circle and your family. There's nothing going to happen. That's bad, you know, but be prepared. But um, yeah, exactly. 
Thank you. Thank you for your kind words, Master Glam. Yes. So anyway, most people would say, what are you talking about marriage for? I don't want marriage. Well, there's a lot of, you know, <laughs> you wish to had Africa with me. Yeah, well, as far as hurricanes, this is where the hurricanes come. It's like, that's why Florida is, is shaped like a pin, like, like a bowling pin, because it's like a bowling ball coming from all the way over here. But I don't want anything to happen to my family there either. We got land in the Mastic Land there and several others that are there. A whole lot of people who are in Florida right now. So I don't want anything to happen bad with them. Yes, um, it's, it's really how can you get away from these things? The world all over, even up on the mountaintop where we're going to be living. When it rains, forget it. The winds, even down here at the base of the mountain in this apartment. The other day, I was, you know, these structures are built a certain way and I was still scared. I said, are these windows going to blow out? You know, I, I couldn't believe it. So, um, yeah, that's the way to do it. You know, keep in contact. Earthquakes, I don't even know nothing about. I don't even want to learn that. I remember back in 1985, it was uh, September, and it was a hurricane. A September, October, I'll never forget it. And the, the hurricane, you can Google it, was named Gloria, coming through New York. I don't know how bad it was. It was extreme winds and stuff like that. And um, I was well tucked away in my basement with some very special company. <laughs> so I, had, I wasn't thinking about nothing. And those are the beginning of those wild days I had. But yeah, yeah, I remember that. that the, well, the beginning of those wild days was September 25th, 1985. And I, I, I think it was the next few days or early October when Gloria came through. And it was really, really rough. And I remember on the radio, they kept playing the song Gloria. Gloria, my Gloria, things have been the same since you've been away. It was so surreal. And I had the record, too. And I played it <laughs> when it came, came through. So when I hear that song, it reminds me, even though that song was out a few years ago, um, before that came through. So I always associate music with with events and people, places and things. So I have a tremendous sense of recall on that, you know. But yeah, other than that, I'm, I'm looking forward to a nice evening of getting stuff done. And um, like I said, we're going to have some fun tonight. But I wanted to talk about this because, you know, I heard a song earlier. Um, what was the guy's name? Oh, when we get married, when we get married, or something from back in the 80s or late 70s. And there were a lot of songs about marriage, of course, a lot of songs about relationships, togetherness, love, all of that good stuff. And I grew up on that. And I know a lot of you here who are listening have grown up on that. And maybe because of the age difference, maybe you didn't experience that as much because of the hijack culture. And because of the hijack culture, ooh, excuse me. <laughs> Double sneeze, what does that mean? I hope that means money <laughs> dropping out the sky. But because of the culture, the engineered culture, how, how it was hijacked, which call me a conspiracy theorist if you want. But as far as black people are concerned, there is everything coming at us to dismantle us on every level. And if you happen to not understand that, then just study up and live a little bit longer and you'll see it. And for those who may be a little younger than me, who are here and who are listening, and you understand what's going on, I applaud you. 
I applaud you because that's going to save you a lot of heartache to understand what's going on against us in this world. It's like everything damn that I observe has got an element in it to wipe us off the face of the planet. Am I crazy? No, some can call me crazy. It's okay. You can call me crazy. <laughs> but it it is what it is. I would go crazy to have to try to be blinded to not know what it's all about. And if a person in this day and age has had bad experiences and does not want to be married, per se, because a lot of the guys say, oh, no, I can't do it, man. I'll take care of my kids. I'll be with somebody. Um, I'm not getting married. There's too much legalities. I just met this chick. We had two kids already, two years, but she ain't taking half. I've been working for the last 20 years. She ain't taking half. I'll take care of her, but she just ain't going to walk over to the next dude and take half my stuff. I understand that if you've gone through that. I understand that if you dealt as a woman this even go back to the 50s or 40s or 30s listen there was always creeping there was always cheating i heard an instagram post one time it was a song being it had to be like from like late 20s or 30s and the lady was talking about you come on over tonight and eat my coochie and i'll suck your thing so good. i'm like these things have always been around and and and, and it's, it's never changed it's just broadcast more over the media Blast it into a mind of social media. And this is what a lot of us tend to think about because it's pushing our mind. And marriage means shackles to most of us in this day and age who have been through stuff. Um, we all know the man and the woman who may, got, may have gotten married and divorced like six or seven times and they keep trying. And some people say, man, that person a fool. They should have left it a long, to, long, left it a long time ago. But it takes a certain maturity and understanding, and it takes time. Again, I'm not trying to convince you into this because most are not equipped. Most, number one, are not healed up enough to even deal with somebody else's backyard. Your yard is not prepared right. Your bills are not paid. How are you going to pay somebody else's bills? How are you going to do it? You Look, it takes time for you to get right with yourself especially when there's so many distractions out here to take us away from us even knowing who we are. What happened to downtime and being bored when you're younger and going in your room, doing your homework, you didn't have no social media, no computer, anything like that. We got to know ourselves. What happened to making up toys to play with when we didn't have much, but we have everything. Our minds are blasted with smartphones as kids now. We don't want to play with a ball. Oh, no, a ball? What are you, crazy? Throwing a ball around? But that connects you to other people. The other kids, you laugh, you giggle, you make memories, you, you talk and you laugh and you make jokes and you get out the street when the car goes by and you go back out there to play again. You understand? So it's a different time now. And even back then, there wasn't the choice of, oh, I got married, now I just want a divorce. You stuck it out. And sometimes we have memories of grandparents or great-grandparents that stuck it out 
but went through great pains. And some people say, I don't want to go through that. I don't, because that's a big undertaking. You marry this one person and you don't know if they're going to be sick, terminally ill five or 10 years from now. You don't know if they're going to die. You don't know if they discover themselves and say that they're gay. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't know if they're going to run off with another person. You don't know if they're going to put on 250 pounds, which it shouldn't matter because if you love somebody, you should walk down the street the same way with them, holding their hands just as proud because that's the one who committed to you also. What happened to the ride or die mentality? And most of the time we marry for lust. We marry for lust. I'm going to bring it up again. When I was bouncing in the club over there, I keep the name changes. Jamaica be crazy. They called it one time. It was on a colonial route 50 and John Young Parkway. This had to be about maybe 2004, 2005. And there's a dude that I knew that came in there. He was locked up for a little time in and out. So he knew me. Hey, Scurry, what's going on, man? So I'm talking to him and he looked over there at this woman that had these damn near transparent white pants that were so tight. She had to have a, a, a wrench to wrench it and pull it up so tight. Oh my God. But she, she, she was uh, phenomenally built and she had the red panties that you could see through. And he, his eyes immediately went to that. And he said, damn, Scurve, look at that girl ass. I, I, I want to marry her. You see lust. You want to marry her because of her booty cakes. You got a lot of idiots out here who have well-shaped booty cakes. It almost sounds like the politician booty check. <laughs> and that dude, that dude is gay. A politician named Booty Booty Check. Booty check? I couldn't have made nothing up like that. But yeah, we we and I mean, of course, I'm not even mad at a woman all the way who says, if this man can help me to be secure and take care of me, I'm not even mad at that. I'm not talking about the gold diggers, but I'm talking about a humble young lady who will give her all for her man. And once she locks in with you, she ain't never leaving you. Not that she's going to stay with you or, or, or run away from you when things get bad. I'm the one who says, you know what? I'm making this decision. I want a man who can take care of me and I give him my all forever and really mean it. You understand? Even when this thing thing don't work so good or, you know, whatever, whatever, she's, she's ride or die. There are some ride or die females out there like that. They're not just looking to say, oh, I want a man who got a Rolls Royce, a Bentley, 15 condos and, you know, nah. But one who says, listen, I may not be the most beautiful. I may not be the most educated, but I work hard. And I know how to keep a home. I will give a man a home. He can get the house or we can get the house together, but I'm going to make sure it's a home. Hey, that's better than just some of these women. And I'm speaking to the men also flip side wise, because I'm not just getting on women, but that that's better than these people who are just there for whatever they can get. And they go, let me take a sip of this drink. Y'all. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, master Glam, I already know you're right or die. I already know you are right or die. I, I feel it all through my soul. I already knew it from a long time ago. I know there's no doubt in my mind you're right or die. And you're rare. You're rare. And I'm sure there are more young ladies here. And I'm sure that they are. But I, I know you are. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know you are. 
you there to the end and beyond. But the person better be there to the end and beyond with you. You see what I mean? And to continuously prove it to you and 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 love you and and do for you and not slack up. You know what I mean? And it's not just the superficial things, but just you know it. You know that you know that you know. And that's the that's the thing that would bring love, peace and contentment to your heart. There are women out here like Mastiglam. But it's sad that society as it is and the, the hijack culture has taken people away from that. It's different now. Let me see what Breezy said here. Let me put it up on the screen. No, you're not, Crazy Lance, around. You're around men with class respect regardless and not being a man in the home and respected their mothers and learn from the pot. Yes, you're right. You're 100% right. You're 100% right. Even the ones who are slightly fraudulent or had a little play in them or whatever have you, they straightened up around the positivity and respected their women and the women in the community. You understand? The mothers, the sisters, the daughters, the aunts, the nieces, all of them. Even if you didn't know them, you knew they belonged to somebody. And that's the way it should be. But it's not like that anymore. The, the thread of, of, of decency has, has eroded and broken apart and the garment of our community is falling away. Nobody wants to say it, but I'm saying it. This is a different world. And as a matter of fact, if things, I'll tell you, if things were the way that they were for me coming up in the 70s in America, I'd probably still be there. I love the thought of the land and everything, but for me, this is a fresh start. This is a way to put myself ahead financially, a fresh start, the weather, the food, even though some parts of the culture don't understand. But for me, if it was that kind of, if you knew the neighborhood that I grew up in, in the 1970s, coming into the 80s, man, it was sweet. I, like, sometimes I wonder if that was something out of my imagination that, that I never lived. Like, in the present day, somebody took a chip and implanted it in my brain with data that had all of that back then. My, my childhood was, was, was wonderful. The friends, the people, you know, most of the neighbors, you know, and, and something hit me about one of my neighbors I'm going to talk about on a Patreon. One of the ladies, and it was two ladies next door, right? Not two at the same time, one lady. And then she sold it to another lady that it was kind of a similar story. And I will get kind of graphic with that story and take you there. And it hit me last night. I woke up with that. I don't know why I woke up with that, but I said, you know what? I got to talk about this. You know what I mean? So anyway, we're in a different time and marriage is not looked at as something good. I'm quite sure when Master Glam, she's never said that, oh, I'm against marriage, but she's not just going to put herself out there for some fool. But if someone came along and she knew it and time went by and was proven, she, she'd be the perfect wife. Even though we say sometimes we're not perfect or whatever, but I know you would be because you have a man who is worthy of your love. Men have to earn the love of the woman. It's not just come around and get samples. This ain't Costco. This ain't no kiosk where they pass out samples of cookies or this is a new coffee or whatever have you. There's no pum pum samples out here. It's about what's in the head. You understand? What's in the head? What's in the heart? Everybody has orifices that you can get friction and it feels good. All the parts that fit, they'll feel good. Your hand feels good when you do it that way. And that's a hand. Five fingers. So come on, man. You know what I mean? It's like ridiculous how we think. 
you build a foundation. It's not just the sensation or the body which will fade. I do not look the way I did in that old bodybuilding picture. I do not. My God, why would I want to strive for just that and not work on a complete man before I ascend and get out of here? Because it's not the body that's going to make me ascend and take me to the next level. It's what's in my heart and what's in my mind. And that's what's the problem because we don't go for people or to be around people because you ain't going to marry people, but be around people that you have a choice. Ah, there's one for me. Or I'm interested. I'm intrigued. I like what I'm seeing. And it doesn't mean just body, seeing the attributes and action that you require to be with, with this person for the rest of your life. And that scares people. But you know what? You know what? You're scared of making a commitment to somebody for the rest of your life. Guess what? You're going to be with you for the rest of your life. And that's a good thing. But that's a commitment that you can't get out of. Some people try suicide to get out of that because they can't stand themselves. But if you can't stand yourself and you don't heal yourself, how are you going to get along with somebody else? That's the thing. How are you going to get along with somebody else? We all have a little urge for sex and the cravings of that. But 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 in a perfect world, we can hold ourselves. So most of the, a lot of times, you know, we have that friend, but that friend that you're using to be a glorified friction provider can still get a soul tie with you and you stay stuck with them. Yeah, you know, we agreed. We're not looking to get married, but we're there for each other. <laughs> you're thinking like you're there for each other, like, yeah, I need 50 bucks. Yeah, I got you. There for each other when the cravings start. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Let's make love tonight. <laughs> and you get them soul ties until you get it right. And most of the time you don't get it right. Because you're not worried about the attributes of that person, which they're going to be bonded to you now. In a perfect world, it would be nice. Let's talk about these things that we, we need to have. I said, things women and men want. No, this is mandatory. And most of us get scared when we see these mandatory attributes that we have to have or, or, or state of being. Oh, man, that's too much. I just want what's to, the, what's the term now? Pump and dump? There should be another well, hump and dump, I guess, for the women, right? <laughs> but this is how you build homes, not just houses. You can build a home in an alleyway in a cardboard box more so than a mansion. It's just merely a house. And the aggravation that comes when you don't have these things to uphold your home. What about the time when you were a kid? And something happened. A young kid doesn't mean you have to be macho at, 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 at seven years old or six years old. You, you, somebody punch you in the face or laughs at you or you, you, you bruise your finger or, you know, something happens. And first thing, I want to go home. I want to go home. I want to go home. <laughs> I want to go home because home is the safety place. That is your world as a child. You know what I mean? Ain't nobody calling on Jesus then. You calling on mommy. That's the only Jesus you know. Mommy and daddy or, mo or mommy or auntie or whoever it is that's raising you, that home base where you know you're safe. And when you're in a marriage that's fully committed with all the attributes that you need, you turn that house into a home. If it's just a house, well, you may call it home, but you realize when you get older, my folks was just as dysfunctional as anybody else. Well, that was your home then. You didn't know any better. And hopefully you can heal from that. But when you have a halfway decent home where there's a commitment 
of man and woman, and it doesn't really have to be the white man's paper. I understand that. So I'm not just talking about just a piece of paper. I'm talking about the ride or die commitment between two people. That's what makes a marriage. So don't think you have to, well, my parents were married, but they stayed together all their life. That's a marriage. I don't care if it's common law. I don't care if you stuck it out and from teen years and maybe the man went and dipped his wick somewhere else and made a mistake. She took him back and they stayed together. What happened to the old Jet Magazine pictures of them old people that were married for 50 years and 60 years and 70 years and 75 years? We got married when we were 20 years old and we've been married for 75 years. Now we 95. I wonder what the oldest recorded black marriage was in America. And why do I say Black and in America. I'm not concerned about the, the, the locust. That's the new name for it. <laughs> Lady J, it's called locust now. Until uh, YouTube comes around and wants to ban somebody because we call them locusts. Hold on one second. Let me just take a sip of this, this little tasty drink here. Mm -mm -mm. I talk so much, the vapor comes out and I get thirsty. Mm-mm-mm-mm. <laughs> Yes. So it's the commitment. It's not the paper, but the paper is cool for the legalities. When you know that this is the real deal to protect yourself legally, they talk about prenup. Well, I understand why. Well, why do you need a prenup when you know that this is the person that if you got to get a prenup, then you better not get involved with this person. I understand that. And if you do have lots to lose, you know what I mean? I understand. I understand. If you're 82 years old and the chick is like 26, man, she 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 taking you for a ride. Ain't no ain't nobody that age loving liver spots and limp dicks. Okay, it, it ain't gonna happen. She's in it. She's in it to win it. That's that white folk stuff though. And the guy feel all good taking his TRT, his hormone replacement. <laughs> you know what I mean? With little Viagra pills and wants to feel young again. I guess that's what she brings. Maybe she maybe he knows he's gonna take her off or she's gonna take him off. I don't care. I'll be dead and gone and nobody will get my, she can get my riches. I just wanted to be my bitches. <laughs> Whatever they say. I'm crazy tonight. But, um, and look at this. Subscribers accumulating. I lost 102 subscribers like in the last three days. But on my email, boom, boom, boom. It's growing by, by YouTube. They're taking it away. No fret, y'all. We're going to keep this, we're going we're gonna to keep this engine going. So anyway, out of the 25, and it could be 50, it could be 100, it could be five. I picked 25 and did the research, and here's what I come up with. And this is men and women who, in a marriage, paper or not, we're talking commitment. So I don't want people to come up in the comment section later on. Well, you know, I was married, man. She took me for all my money. And then the, then the next one that got me, she took me for the rest of the money. And so there's something wrong with you. Who are you picking? You got to take time. See, there's so many people that want to say they're married and they're in love with love and they want you as a trophy or as a piece to fit into an already existing life, whether it was deficient or good. I find that a lot, but nobody wants to talk about that. The people who just pick you because, oh, you'd be, it's almost like you'd be a great addition to sit on top my mantle. I have all of these nice figurines and I have an empty space and, and, and you would be just fine. You look all right. You make good money, whatever, whatever. But you'd be the per perfect person to say husband or husband. When they say it like that, you got to watch out. 
<laughs> Got me coughing over here like I'm smoking weed. No, I'm not doing that. Anyway, number one, mutual respect and appreciation. And I'm, I'm a man, so I'm going to say it as a man, but this goes both ways. So let's wait for the knucklehead who comes in the comment section. Well, you ain't say anything about the woman to the man. This goes both ways, but I'm not no trans monster. I'm a man. I have the male organs, but that doesn't make me a man. I am a man who on Saturday, 534 in the morning, will turn that big 6-0. Big 6-0! Oh, my God! <laughs> I want to pick up speed and go even faster. Show you how, how to do it. But yeah, there's so many people who Mutual respect, mutual, mutual means both ways. I'm, su I'm surprised that I had anybody out here called mutual sexual. <laughs> I go both ways, I'm mutual. <laughs> but mutual respect and appreciation. We can find something to appreciate in our mate. It can be the small things. You appreciate, I'm, I'm not, not going to say that this is your life exactly when I say you know, past tense type things. I mean, it apply to you, right? But I'm just talking that way. This is a general conversation. I'm the, well, Lance, that wasn't my situation. And if it wasn't, you can say so. It's okay. But don't think I'm trying to uh, attach that onto you if you didn't experience. But most of the time when you find somebody that you like and you find that you're very attracted to them and you have deep feelings for them and you're trying to woo them into your gravitational field to pull them in to your life, you don't want them to free float in an orbit out there and get it, get pulled in by another planet. You're like, this person is pretty much a catch. I really like this person. This person makes me feel a certain way. So what do you do? You show appreciation for the little things. But after so many years, sometimes we fall into the place where we don't appreciate. And even they bring you a cup of tea that you know you wanted. You didn't ask for it, but they know you so well that they bring you this cup of tea. You don't even say, thank you, sweetheart. Thank you so much. You read my mind. You know what? And throw something else in there. You know what? You're really a good wife. And for the ladies, you're really a good husband, okay? I'm not going to say that no more. But you're really a good wife. You know, down through the years, you know, we've been through our ups and downs. But you stayed. And I appreciate that because as I get older, and to get older with you is one of the best things. I don't fear old age. I don't fear death. We don't know what's going to happen. I don't think about it because... I feel so good in your presence, just as much, if not more than ever before. And I know I made a good choice and I want you to feel the same way that you made a good choice with me. So that's why I'm always going to have the respect for you and the appreciation. Do you know how far that goes? That even if you do have a moment of disruption and arguing, about something. I'm not talking about smacking and fighting and raising your voice, but something that kind of hits you hard, like, oh man, you know, it's not a good feeling. We're not on the same page. As you go off to yourself and you sit on the couch, you take a walk to cool down, she will understand. She's like, wow, you know, all in all, he's a good husband. And you say to yourself, you know, all in all, she's a good wife. But we don't have these vents in a relationship. As soon as something jacked up, jacked up goes down and they say something, well, I'll, I'll give me a divorce. 
Well, if you say that so fast, that means you've been thinking about that for a while. And if you have them kind of thoughts, you need to come forward with it instead of harboring it and waiting for something to happen to say that because you really want a way out because you want to hit that chick around the corner who's been flirting with you only because you think you got money. And we leapfrog from one relationship to the other, never get nowhere, and then we want to blame marriage. No, don't know. B- blame your, your, your dick in your pan- pants and want to go push up and everything. Let's be real. Let's be real. And men see beautiful women, and men have a thing that triggers them, like a spark. You know, like when you start in the car, so there's a lot of, but you got to prevent the room from happening. There's beautiful women out here. I see all the time. Not as old as I am. It ain't no, it might be, <laughs> but there ain't no room. I got time for that. I'm, I'm going to room my next 20 years away. I'm 60 years old. I want to be here. Where people can say, well, Lance, you, you're setting a record. You got 25,000 videos out there. You've been doing this every day. for." Le- <laughs> I'm into what I'm doing. I want to leave a legacy. I want people to say, man, this black man is worthy of his own museum. Look at all that artwork and the writing and the videos and the this and that. And then it's about fame. You want to leave something good, what you learn to make it easier for somebody else, maybe in an entertaining way. But I'm not trying to, trying to, trying to come that way. You know what I mean? Chicago and Gary was awesome during the 70s. Racism is what destroyed black communities. White could not accept black Americans thriving in the midst of the KKK vicious attack on black people. And yeah, and it's the same spirit that 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 rules in America. Doesn't have to be just there, but we know that now more so. Let me take a sip, y'all. This thing is good. Mm-mm-mm. Ah, uh-uh-uh-uh. It's the simple pleasures in life for me now. I don't have to jump out of planes and, and, and parachute down. There it is. There it is. There it is. Patreon.com Lance Curve, right? Become a patron to enjoy our raw, uncensored content. And for the last two days, I was pushing to do it and I couldn't get nothing out. We want to have a bunch of stuff out. I woke up this morning and wrote two articles. I dropped it in the community uh, tab on YouTube. And where else did I put it? I put it on Instagram. Little things that crossed my mind, you know, little things I want to talk about that are not really related to anything. Just, just throwing it out there, right? But back on the topic. So, the next thing, trust and honesty. If you got to go through your, your, your mate's cell phone, you got some serious trust. What, what you looking for? What you looking for? That means the foundation wasn't built right. That means possibly you're bringing something from a former relationship where you've been done wrong into this one where most likely nothing's going on. But your head is jacked up. So what does that tell you? You have to heal up before you get involved. Y'all don't have a a, a cookout in your backyard and leave the yard trashy, do you? You clean up, which is comparable to healing up. You clean up. 
invite guests over your house and dirty underwear on the floor, you know, piles of clothes not washed and dishes in the sink. And, you know, you got a pet and, and the stinking and they didn't clean up. <laughs> you know what I mean? It should be outside anyway. And if not, then, you know, keep it clean. But you get your house in order before you get into something. So if you get into something, like they say, trust and honesty. Honesty comes along to save the day. So when you're getting with somebody and you do have trust issues that the scars cut so deep is not as easy as just a little razor uh, 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 swipe. They give you a little surface cut, a little bandaid on it. This is a deep stab wound. And you wonder if you're ever going to get over it. And so now in your discussions, when you have trust, you must be honest and saying, listen, in my former relationship, I was done so bad, done so bad. And the trust issues are still there. But I'll probably take about five lifetimes to get over these trust issues. So I need you to understand what I've been through, not as a precursor or a way of me writing off crazy behavior when I think you did something wrong. No, it's not like that. But I need your constant reassurance in my healing up. State what it is that you have in your heart and you will get it. But you want to be strong man or strong woman. Again, this is for both men and women. Right. But you oh no, I'm strong. I, I got over that because you mad at the dude that hurt you. Oh, yo, I got it. No, you, you didn't get over it. Nine times out of ten. State what it is. State what it is that makes you insecure. We're all insecure on a healthy level. There's a healthy level of insecurity that's built into us that we must deal with. And to sit there and act like it doesn't exist, then there's some, that, that's a recipe for disaster. So be honest if you're not all the way done clean. And you know you have, you, you have guests coming over and you tell them to come over for the dinner like 7.30. There's always that guest that shows up at 5.30 looking around. The house ain't ready yet. So you say, listen, you got here a little early. It's no problem, but I'm not ready to receive anyone because I still have some cleaning up. So I can't entertain you right now all the way. Let me finish my work. So when the other guests come, we'll be ready. Now, sometimes they know that they're just doing that on purpose because they ain't coming to help you clean up either. <laughs> so trust and honesty. At this point, when you're going to get with somebody else, and it, it can't be something super severe, super duper severe. Where you're, where you're paranoid and you're watching them. Nah, it can't be that. But if it's something that bothers you and still bothers you, you have to have the trust in the person if they're really concerned on your mental health and your emotional health, that they can say, you know what? I can work with that because you know what? I have some trust issues also. So you know what? We can work on those things with each other, okay? I'm not gonna keep a pin code on my phone. You know what I mean? I'm going to show you where I'm going. Anywhere I go, you can come with me. You understand? And I can explain ahead of time everything that I will do that might even look suspect. You know, I know a guy who's a photographer. He, he takes pictures of women, men, whatever, but he's around a lot of beautiful women. Look at me in Orlando and been out here. I do things with a video camera. Sometimes Mrs. Scurry ain't there, but she knows that's what I do. You know what I mean? So there's got to be a trust and honesty and transparency. I'll throw that one in. Being transparent. If you have somebody who is a little insecure about their past dealings and need the constant reassurance, be transparent. If you know that you're going to do a photo shoot with a drop dead, gorgeous, sexy, whatever the world would say, say, listen, 
This is who I'm going to go do this with. We're going to be here from this time to this time. You're welcome to come along. This is a photo shoot. This is a video thing I'm going to. And there'll be people there like that. You understand? But you know, I'm all business. How do you feel about that? You know what I mean? Now, they can't stop you. I don't want you to go because of my insecurity. No, because this is something that I'm doing to advance the both of us. It may concern a good pay, a payday or something, or just being there to network with other people. You can't hurt yourself now. You can't hurt your endeavors and the things that you go, you're going after that you've been going after. Now, if your man, and it might be the man that's insecure, it might be the woman, right? But I'm saying it as a man. But if, if your man now all of a sudden borrows a camera and says, I'm going to go do photo shoots at this pool with these half naked women, now there's something up with that. You got to, then you, then, then you raise your eyebrow, like I'm out of the ordinary now. What's, what's going on? You know what I mean? I mean, because I'm allowed to take one of my cameras and take a walk three o'clock in the morning and walk outside. I haven't done it in a while, but you never know what me. You never know what you're getting. <laughs> and that's the, that's the thing that amazes me about the potential of, of every day. Like if I do go out in the street with my tripod, Mr. Scurry is going to go up on the property and I talk to people about a certain subject. Who is it right now that I'm on a collision course with? That's what gets me. That's what fascinates me. What are they going to tell me? You know, what does this new day bring? This is why I have so much enthusiasm because each new day brings something for me. But I, I don't exclude Mrs. Skur. Now she wants to go up there. Those plants are her babies. Y'all know how it is. She'll walk and she grabs some things today to make the merengue. And she made some little videos on the phone. She'll we'll put them up within the next few days. Nothing big, but just we'll put it on her channel, right? But you know, we have to know each other what we're into, you know. But trust, trust, honesty, and I add in transparency, you know. And again. It doesn't have to be where you have the piece of paper, but a commitment, a commitment, because nothing's going to stop you from walking away if you want to walk away. Nothing's going to stop the next person from doing what it is they want to do. They want to go cheat behind your back. We're talking about two serious individuals who make a commitment the same way you make a commitment to a child. Like, I'm going to raise this child. I'm going to educate this child. I'm going to take care of this child to the best of my ability. You get a new job. I'm going to show up one time. I'm going to try to be as you know cordial as I possibly can and be professional and get the job done until I move on. Commitment, that's what it's all about. Number three, emotional connection and intimacy. Let's, let's flip that around. They said in, emotional connection and intimacy. Well, if you have, well, we know what intimacy is and it's not just sex, right? But in, in the case of that, have some kind of emotional connection. You know, women are very sensitive, and when they've made commitments, they know when something's on your mind or when you're not there, that you think about somebody else while you're using her body for friction. So emotional connection and intimacy, intimacy should be intertwined. But intimacy just doesn't mean sex. Because when we, when we talk about things, okay, like let's say the typical movie where the man was cheating but not cheating with sex. Right. And the woman is like, you've been going over her house lots of times. And have you been, did you have sex with her? And he says, no, I didn't. Now they might've laid in the bed together, they clothes on half this robe, hugged each other, but didn't put the part in the part which resulted in orgasm, but they were intimate. And that hurts women more than anything else. No woman wants to know that her man cheated, but what would hurt more? I'm just throwing this out there, right? Um, your man goes to 
the military. He confesses that he was hanging out with some of the guys there at a bar and he was pissy drunk, which is no excuse, but he was pissy drunk. And he found himself in his place where he resides and his buddies were there with him and he noticed women around and he's half asleep and the guys are egging him on. Come on, man, wake up, have some fun. He said, no, no, I'm just beat up. Well, some young lady decides to open up his zip at the encouragement of the buddies and take care of him that way. And he woke up in the middle of it about to explode, right? I'm not saying that, you know, you shouldn't have been out like that pissy drunk around the guys who's going to encourage you to do that anyway. But now here's the next scenario. There's another woman that your man has been going to see. He definitely didn't have sex with her, but he's madly in love with her. Oh my God, that hurts. Especially a woman. You mean you told her you love her? That's worse than putting the parts together. Yes, we know the part that shouldn't be. But on a deeper level, then, then you start thinking like, you love this woman and you're with me? I know that little hussy that you were in the military. You don't even know her. You don't even, if you see her the next day, you wouldn't even recognize her. That was nothing. It shouldn't have happened. I'm mad about that. But there's a woman that you can't keep away from because you love her so deeply. What hurts more? What hurts more? What hurts more? I'm just asking. The, 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 the military situation or your husband who's laying next to you in bed, husband and spirit, whether it's a piece of paper or not, and he's madly in love with another woman. And this goes for the men too. You see? Flip it. You, you, your wife or whatever had a, a one-night quick thing. Maybe the, some man went down to her and she was drunk, or whatever, which... We, we all know when things are about to happen, but there's some people who, I, I don't care how much liquor you feed me. I know what's going on. <laughs> you know, Liquor is an amplifier to what you may want, but there's some cases you can be taken advantage of. You see what I mean? So <clears throat> it's, um, we have to think. We have to think. And the emotional connection and intimacy, that's where it's at. Because, fellas, there's going to come a time when your dick might not work. Ladies, there may come a time where, you know, a little weight comes on and that shouldn't matter. Because when you're intimate with somebody, that's a way of touching the other person <clears throat> in a way that others can't. So if you're going around telling other people that you love them, that, that's going to hurt them more. Because that's something they can't grab, they can't touch, they can't, you know, because you want to know. Let's go on to the next one. Number four, communication and open dialogue. Do you know? <laughs> I just saw that. <laughs> People be giving head too freely. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's, it's like people handing out cocktails at a party. I was at this gathering by chance. Me and my friend were walking through Greenwich Village. Me and my buddy of mine, we just got to the gym. And this was like, pff, like over 40 years ago. This was in Manhattan. And these two white girls who we don't mess with white girls now, but I'm just saying they tapped us on the shoulder. Oh, my God, you have such big muscle, muscled up arms. Oh, my God. Okay, flex it. I flexed it. 
I ain't gonna do too much because they're gonna use you like a monkey. Like you want me to do monkey tricks for you now because you're white. Get out of here. I ain't King Kong. Oh, but we're really going to a nice party. It's a mixed party with all types of people. Would you like to come? You need the password to come. So we went there, you know. So I, you know, we there chilling. That's the that's that's the party I tell you that I went to the time where they had this Japanese man catering sushi and nobody really wanted to eat the sushi. I stayed over there by the sushi bar all night long, just eating. But because of the way that my physique was at the time, and that was a little more rare than it is today, these girls kept coming over. You want to dance? Wanna... You and they were they were high on stuff. You know, I don't think they had Molly's back in the day, but whatever was out there, they had it. So, oh, I I want to suck it for you. You want some head? I just walk up to you and what was that head to heaven? <laughs> but it wasn't, it wasn't the type of people that I wanted. There were some sisters there, but it wasn't li- even like that with me. Like at that, you know, it was in my mind the way I was living. I ain't going to lie, but it wasn't like that was my vibe that night. I just wanted to be a fly on a wall, laugh and tell a few jokes or whatever have you. It wasn't like, it wasn't like I was in need of that because I probably had it within the last, before that eight, eight hours or something. You know what I mean? So, you can't come to the gunfight with no bullets in the gun. I wasn't thinking about that. So that's what it was. But you're right, Master Glenn. <laughs> I'm going to put this up again. <laughs> that's a T-shirt. People be giving head too freely. <laughs> Hi, what's your name? You want me to go down on you? Like, how do we get to this point? Yo, and that was 40-something years ago. Don't think what you're doing now is new, right? But communication and open dialogue, that was a little bit too open. But in a relationship, how are you going to know? None of us are mind readers. And sometimes we think we're giving off the signs to let our mate know how we're feeling. And they're not picking up on it. They may be distracted. You may be intimate and close, but sometimes there's a reduction in the strength of the signal, the signal of intimacy. You have your, your Wi-Fi and you walk away from it. You walk away from it. Well, after a while, your laptop's not going to pick it up. Because the mind may not be there. They may be preoccupied with something else. So you have to talk. You have to have open dialogue. If your mate doesn't seem to understand that by the cues that you're giving off that there's something wrong, let them know, listen, we have to talk. There's something on my and, and that's the serious time. And, and don't waste that tone of voice all the time for something minor. And you let them know this is serious I know we're laughing right now, or you're laughing right now. You may not think it's serious, but this is serious. And most time, most of the time, people will understand in a relationship like that, especially when you understand how you communicate. But, you know, you have some random nut out in the world. I'm going to blow up this particular building. And like, yeah, it's a nutcase. He was in a mental ward or whatever. And when he shows up, <laughs> ready to blow the building up, you're like, oh, my God, you didn't listen. And sometimes it could be so crucial we we're doing things to drive our mate away. And we say, listen, I'm not going to tolerate this this much longer. And you're like, ah, you'll be there. We've been together 25 years. Ah, until you come home and you see them coat hangers swinging. No clothes on it. You, don't, you didn't realize you had that many coat hangers. Homegirl left or homeboy left, just up and left because you didn't listen. Take the communication seriously and always have open dialogue. Okay. And reassure your woman, reassure your man, have the open dialogue. If, if something looks funny, nip it in the bud. You know what I mean? Nip it in the bud. Open communication 
or open dialogue and communication. Shared values and goals. If you don't have shared values, <laughs> you're in trouble. Because if your wife loves to stay home and cook a nice meal for you and occasionally go, go out, fine. But if you have to find yourself at the local titty bar and you 55, 60, 65 years old, what's wrong with the titties that you have at home? Therefore, it's something else. That's so disrespectful. You don't have the same shared values. If you have a different way of worship, if you're on that vibration, because you, you should be ascending past religion, right? But if you're still there, try to respect the values you have and, and really reinforce the overlapping values that you have of decency, home and respect and love and, and how you keep your home and how the man is supposed to operate in the home and toward you as a wife. Those kind of shared values. You may not have the same religion. You may not have the same upbringing. Mr. Skurb is from the mountains in Jamaica and St. Catherine. It don't get no more country than that. I was there. You think the mountains by this house here is something? Shoot. Walking up there, I looked for the birds and I looked up. I didn't see none until I looked down. It was about 40, 50 feet below me. The birds were flying. I'm like, man, we are high up in the mountains. And me, as you all, know, all, all will know, I'm from New York City. Doesn't mean I'm better. Doesn't mean I'm from New York, man. I'm from New York. I'm not that kind of New Yorker. I'm an old school New Yorker. And I appreciate everybody's experiences. But because I was there at that golden time, that's why I got so much stories here. Look, remember, I'm an artist who do pictures. I draw quietly. Nobody sees me. Nobody talks to me. When I started, I did not know I was going to use that other part of my life to be on a thing called YouTube that I, I've been out here before YouTube. So, you know, this is a thing for me. So we evolve and everything. But the shared values and goals. It all. And they just want to travel and they don't want to settle. We got a problem. Can we travel a little bit and focus on the house a little bit or with equal energy? What, 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 is, what is your lifestyle? What is the epitome of, of a lifestyle for you? For a second, because my um, internet is getting janky. So let me keep a watch on this particular thing because it'll mute out sometime or even cut off. It happens to cut off and not come back on the computer or I have a power outage, as you will know. Give me two or three minutes to get on on the phone and I'll continue the dialogue. <laughs> so you just hear me blank out and that's it. So um, like I said, if you have the goal of being a corporate bigwig and you, you started out, you, you know, you're between the, the middle and the bottom, right? It's going to take you years to get there and your time is going to be spent there. You're going to be spending more time there with coworkers than, than, than your family. Is that conducive to family life? Well, maybe that's a sacrifice that's temporary. Maybe you all plan to move soon. You want to get to a certain position so you can command more money when you, when you move. Yeah, compromise. But you have to have shared values and goals. Goals. What are your goals? Because if, if we're both in New York and your goal is California and my goal is Florida, baby, we ain't going to be traveling too much together. <laughs> you know what I mean? It ain't going to work. 
So you have to find a way to weigh it out. If it means more to you, don't lie and say, well, I'll compromise and get pissed off two years later. I could have done this and I could have done that, but I found myself with this fool. He No, say it and state it from then so you can save yourself years of frustration and years of heartache. Because like I said, reading the thing about Steve Jobs when he was on his deathbed before he passed away because he had the uh, pancreatic cancer. With him, he, he, he was saying how, you know, <laughs> a Rolex watch should, Tells the same time as an inexpensive Timex, you know, a, a cheap, cheaper, a comma box, a Toyota Corolla gets you the same place as a Rolls Royce. So, you know, he loved his work and he was into his work and he was known as a prick because he was all about his work. But he basically say it's not even worth it. It's those little moments that you share. These moments that I share with you here, just talking off the top of my head about life. I love it. And I love what I hear from you all. That's why we have the conference line after the show. You see what I mean? So we, we can discuss and mold and shape each other and iron sharpens iron. I'm not the only iron here. I'm not even saying I am iron. Sometimes I'm putty. Sometimes I'm bubblegum. But we're here to help each other and use social media as a positive to enhance each other and to support each other. And that's a beautiful thing. So we have our relationship here. You see what I mean? So... Number five, okay, I was going to say shared values. <laughs> I got the numbers wrong. Number six, support for personal growth and development. The person you have at home that you're committed to, that's the one that you really expect to have that support from for personal growth and development, even the support for professional growth. If you know your wife is working those corporate hours and you have both decided that, you know, situations are different, right? She, she might have put you through school. I don't mean just like you sit back and just go through school. You committed like, okay, honey, I'm going to do more work and you're going to go to school. You're going to get this level of education where you can make this amount of money. And then when the next time after that, you know, you're going to take care of me, right? That, that's perfectly feasible. A lot of us don't trust that. What happens if they get something out of me? I don't get, you know, yeah, this happened. It's happened to me many decades ago. But that's something, chance that you have to take. But the thing is, is that the support for personal growth, not smothering them by beating them down on what they need to do. And let me get a little sip of this drink here. Hold on. Now, this is not alcohol. I'm just, I said drink. <laughs> hmm. Sometime I'm into the health and everything, but I like a bubbly either. Um, what's the water there? Um, God, brain fart. Let's start with a P. So whatever, but or even a Sprite, which it has those uh, artificial sweeteners in it. They're not super good for you, but it bites you. And I know when I'm talking, I have to keep putting stuff down. And I do a little bit of that and I'll go do a little bit of, of the real water. You know what I mean? I admit open dialogue. Right. But to have that support for your personal growth means a whole lot. When you have a spouse, when you have somebody that you're committed to and they claim to be committed to you and they're not interested in the thing that you're working so hard on or to say, hey, sweetheart, you know, I know you're working hard to do this and do that. I packed your bag with your lunch and, and I have your outfits folded over for you. And men, you can do this for the woman, too, even though she may change three or four times and not wear what you put out. Right. But just the little things to support their personal growth, to be interested in them, to reflect back on them. You know, sweetheart, last year, 
you would have handled this situation much different. But I have to applaud you for the maturity that, that you gained over this last year because you're really handling this much better. Not that I thought it was bad last year, but I see the difference and I see the change. You know, everything should come with a positive when you're trying to enhance their personal growth. And when you give them that uh, uh, support, it encourages them to do more for themselves, which in essence, if you both are together and committed, the more you build her up is the more you're building yourself up. But we just don't have the trustees. I ain't going to put that much energy. They can get them, leave me. No, it can't be that way. Once you hold hands and decide to jump off that cliff, <laughs> I never understood that. They were lovebirds. You know what I mean? You know, they held hands together, took vows and jumped off the cliff. I don't I, I never saw black folks do that. Right. But that's that white people stuff. Right. What good is it? Now, that's the time, Master Glam, where people need to be given head too freely. Well, before we jump off this cliff, uh, you think we can lay back a little bit and either do a little 69 or take turns on each other? I'm not jumping off no cliff. I'm going to hold your hand. We ain't even going to the cliff if you got them thoughts. <laughs> no way. No way. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. How they say it in Florida? Hell no. <laughs> uh, support them for their personal growth and development. You never go wrong. And this goes for your children also. And when they see you advancing this way, your children can see growth in you. And they'll, they'll take heed to that. And they'll be on that same path. And that's something you've communicated to them in a nonverbal way, which you will do it in a verbal way, but they got to see it. You see what I mean? If you're up in a plane and you see the pilot run back, oh my God, we're not going to make it. You're going to freak out. They got to be cool. Even the stewardess, they have to be cool. You're looking at them, you're studying them. Okay, I got some turbulence here, but they're cool. All right, I guess it's nothing because they ain't scared. If they're scared, oh my God, the pilot just told me. Yeah, you don't want to hear no more. You're trying to get out the emergency exit, even that's a sure way to doom. Not like you walk around with uh, uh, parachutes and a rain poncho is not going to save your life from Dollar Tree. So just stay put. Maybe things will change, right? <laughs> Quality time together. That is sometimes the hardest thing to do because you'll have people around you in the form of the fake friends and the in-laws who don't like the union in the first place or his friends or her girlfriends who have crappy relationships with themselves or with other people and they see you getting along and they don't, they don't, they don't, wanna, they don't, they don't want you to have any quality time. Soon as they know you got, they got it down to the hour. That next day, they know you wake up on your days off around eight, eight thirty. You sleep a little extra because you don't have to go to work. Hey, girl, you want to come to the mall with me? I'm gonna be there all day long, and they know you're gonna spend quality time with your man, right? Same thing with the fellas. Hey, hey, what are you doing? Uh, take a take a drive with me over to the auto parts store real quick. You might have to get something from there, so your woman will understand. Say, okay, go ahead, get that knocked out, and go. Then they, they start driving somewhere else. So I just want to make one more stop real quick. Ten hours later, you're still out there with them. I'm telling you. Now, there's a dude I knew. I knew. He passed away. God rest his soul. Passed away, I think, back in, how was it, 92, I think it was. Yeah. And anytime you got in the car with him, I mean, this, was, this is extreme. I got to take a sip on this one. Hold <laughs> on. Mm-mm. Delicioso. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm. Ah. Anyway, 
This was the worst one that happened to me. I was up all night. In those days, there was no YouTube. There was no social media. I was up all night, and I don't know what I was. I was doing nothing kinky, nothing like that. I was just up all night. I think I was on the phone talking to friends, but I was tired. I knew I was going to be home this Saturday, and I was going to do some things. And, yes, I was in a relationship with my old girlfriend. You know, kinky things were going on, but it wasn't going on that day. So she was tired, too. And homeboy came over. He was a couple years older than me. He was, he was in his early 40s, and I was in my... What now? Late 20s. Okay. He was a mechanic and he had issues as a man who wanted to be settled. His confidence looking back wasn't that high. He had those issues, but he was always respectful, always respectful. He, my, my parents knew him really good too before they transitioned. So he took it upon himself sometime to come around and check up on me. You good, man? You good? You good? Yeah, I'm good, man. Whatever, whatever, you know? And he was really checking out, like, because he lived up the block and he always saw, like, different women coming over my house. He was like, what the hell's going on? So I guess he wanted to investigate that. But he still would, you know, pick me up and said, man, I want to, what did he say? He wanted to go, he needed to help him lift a stove. Or some, some person was giving him a stove that he was going to give to some old lady that he knew. I said, sure, I'll help you. Now, with me, one of my rules before I leave the house, I must shower and shave. I am squeaky clean that way. Ain't nobody smelling my ass. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I have to say it that way, but that's just what it is. I don't care if I have to go outside and check the mail. I'm taking a shower. Now, it ain't that bad. Now, if I'm going to do something like cut the lawn, like when I was in Orlando, all right, you know, I'll get up, you know, throw something on, something that I won't wear, some T-shirt that's bleached out or shorts. They got holes in it here and there, something that I'm not going to value as good clothes, and I'll do it. So... He was like, man, we got to hurt him do this, man, because, you know, the security guard, you get a break. And, you know, they don't they don't go for that there that, you know, to move the thing out and then bring it back into where she lives. They're going to block it. You know, they wanted to have the people that rented the place um, pay them for the use of uh, the washer and dryer that they would use. So we were going to slip it in past the security guard. So I said, OK, so I didn't wash. I didn't wash. Remember that part wasn't stinking. Because I'll take at least two showers a day, but I, I don't like to feel the oil on my skin, right? I don't like to feel any growth on my face. That's why I'm not showing my face now. <laughs> I slept most of the day. Got up, I was, I was too close to the show. So anyway, we hop in the car, we do the do, and I'm getting hungry. And so I said, yeah, man, let me get on back home. I'm going to get a little hungry. I want to wash. I just want to wash up anyway. I don't be walking around 4 o'clock in the afternoon with, with last night's funk. Oh, no. I'm not a funk freak like that. <laughs> uh, so he said, yeah, but let's, let's go get something to eat, man. I said, okay, I can't refuse that. So I called my old girlfriend. I said, listen, you want me to bring you something home? She said, no, I made a few little things. If you want, it's here. I'm going to chill here. You know, we'll have some fun later. And I'm like, okay, I know what that means. So then he starts, after we eat, he runs into a friend, hops in the car. Hey, man, this is so-and-so. Might as well. Tell me his name was Rollo. He looked like a Rollo, a uh, Rusty and Kirby. <laughs> and so homeboy started driving. So evidently they made a deal to drive and drop him off in the Bronx. Now I'm a little upset because now I feel even oilier. I'm meeting new people who I'd probably not know anyway. I mean, he didn't let me. I don't judge people. I know I wouldn't hang out with this guy. His breath was full of liquor and. Just you know, the conversation. 
So I'm sitting there. I'm all right as far as food, but I'm sitting here oily. The time is going on. Why is it that when we got to the Bronx and dropped them off, homeboy starts heading over to the George Washington Bridge, which takes you into New Jersey? I didn't know how to express my anger to him because he was always cool to me. And I had a long fuse, but I was getting and bearing it. He didn't ask me anything. We kept driving. We found ourselves on I-95. We're heading south on I-95 in New Jersey. We're heading toward Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. Hours later, here I am with holy shirts on and a T-shirt that is bleached, looking like a bum, sweaty, stinking on my terms, shadow growing out of my face, and we end up at a cookout in Philadelphia when it was only supposed to be a run <laughs> to the auto parts store. So I gave up. I gave up. I said, you know what? I'm going to ignore funk. I don't care how I look. I'm in there dancing and sweating funky with a piece of chicken in my mouth and macaroni and cheese in a plate, mad but trying to make the best of it. You know, I got to make the best of a bad situation. <laughs> That's what I had to do. Oh, God. Anyway, let me get back on point here. I'm always sticking a story in somewhere, right? Okay, that's the quality time, right? Affection and physical touch. Listen, I don't care how tough we think we are. We need affection. And to receive affection, we need to be able to open up. We can't be all hard and cold. You know, when I see some of the toughest people out here, a lot of times they're acting that way because they really want affection. A lot of times they're bleeding on the inside of crying on the inside, begging the world, please just show me some affection. And the physical touch just doesn't mean like this is the beginning of foreplay. But sometimes people, we need to be touched. But in this uh, uh, Me Too movement, and my movement is the not me movement, because <laughs> it ain't me, you, you got to be careful. And of course, you don't touch somebody you don't know. But if you're close to them, you touch them on the shoulder when, they, when you're talking. You know, you touch them on the elbow, the forearm, you hold their hand for a second. If it's somebody that you know that needs a hug, you, you let them know. Just don't jump up on them. You know, they may take it the wrong way. Who knows? Who knows the, how the strength of your relationship is? You say, listen, you just submit to it and say, listen, I need a hug. Even when you know they need it, you, you say you need it. Listen, it's been a long day. I need a hug. There's something about the hug that affects us biochemically and on a spiritual level. That lifts us up. We are made to be physical with each other. And I don't mean trying to cop a feel on a woman. I don't mean that at all. But a, a hug out of love, even if you're tightly hugged and it's a love hug, it's a rejuvenating thing. It's a let me jumpstart your spirit hug. The cars on the side of the road needs to jump. That's all it needs. That's, that's a hug between two cars to give you the strength to, to carry on. And when you hug, you let them know, you get the eye contact and say, listen, it's going to be all right. Whether you know what it is or not. You said you made it through so much this time. You hug them and you say it's going to be all right. And you hold their hand. You sit down next to them and you continue the physical touch. That means so much to them. That's the way we're supposed to be. But in this corrupt world, we're scared to touch. We're scared social distancing. Look at the byproduct of the whole thing with social distance, distancing. We had to wear a mask. We couldn't see emotions. And we had to be away from people, which did something to us, to set us up 
We need the human touch. But after that, crime explodes and more things happen because we're distant from each other. I remember seeing a, 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 a short video of a guy, either he shot up a bunch of people. You, you, you had to see this. And I think it was a black security guard, saw the guy coming with the weapon. And eventually he ended up hugging the guy. And the guy broke down crying. You see what I mean? Now that's brave, especially if it's a locust. I'm not trying to hug no locust and then you shoot me up. I'm trying to get on up out of there unless I have my people there with me. But if it's just me, hey. <laughs> but if it was one of mine, you know, I could do something like that. But if we were stored up with the connection to different people that would do stupid things and realize that, you know what? Because like even with me growing up, people try to tempt you and get into a fight or something can happen or whatever. And you, you make a choice to say, listen, do I want to do this to my mother? Do I want my mother to get this phone call, my father to get this phone call that something happened to me or I'm locked up? You got to have a consideration of the people that you're connected to. You know what I mean? So we can stop that lots of times. We can stop bad situations with people from killing themselves. How many times have you spoken to someone and you heard the next day they took their own life? Or you saw them and just had a passing comment, a pleasantry. How are you doing? Oh, I'm okay. Everything's all right. And they're bleeding on the inside. Then, then sometimes if you detect that, don't even say, well, I could sense by the way you're walking, you something's wrong, or I could see that you were crying. Don't, don't bring it out of them. Play victim yourself. Say, listen. I, to help them, you tell them this. I had a rough day. I'm a little depressed and I would appreciate a hug so much. Them helping you, even if it's false, I'm not a liar, but sometimes you got to tell a little story to get the result. They hug you, get, they get the benefit of the hug and they don't go home and take their life. And you let them know you're so valuable to me and maybe I might need to talk to you tonight. I might need a phone call from you tonight because I don't know how I'm going to make it out of this situation. It's a reverse psychology. And now they feel valuable. Now they're not going to take their life. They don't even value their own life, but by, by you coming to them and they, them feeling good about that, not to feel bad because you really don't feel bad. You just acted, you know, you just acting to build them up. Of course, our little children's artwork is precious to us. But if a stranger held you, handed you a, a bunch of scribble on a paper, like, man, what the hell is this? But you're, oh, baby, this is beautiful. Because you want to encourage them. You don't want to crush their spirit. But we need the physical touch. Understanding and empathy. How many times have we been crushed? I don't mean crushed when we're freaking out, but somebody that we expected to have empathy for us was just so cold and not understanding. That may, this thing may not be the biggest thing to you but it's something for me. And if you love me, then it's got to be something for you, right? It could be a child of yours or another little child that it's their world and it's something big to them. Some other child made fun of them in some kind of way and now you got to repair them and you have to get down on their level. Oh, it's nothing. You, 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 you tough it up. You'll get better. no, whether it's a child or a grown human being, have some empathy, have some understanding. And those who didn't have it when they were young, they cannot display it when they're older. Maybe they want to, but they do it in a different way, but not the traditional way of opening up because they were hurt so many times because of a lack of empathy and understanding. These are things my mother and my father taught me. That's why I can go in a list and don't even need to read a book. I can just rattle it off the top of my head. 
You know, I mean, there's times I didn't have empathy on certain people being mean back to them. You know what I mean? I did it on purpose. Take another sip, y'all. <laughs> so that goes a long way when a person feels that we understand them. You may not understand it all the way. You may not understand why this certain circumstance or situation is so important to them. That, that That's okay. You don't have to. But just make them know, you know, that you understand, even if you have to ask them. I'm not so acquainted with this kind of situation, but I'm going to sit down and take the time with you here. And I want you to make me understand this. And when you get it, you reflect it back to them. That lets them know that you do understand. You just don't say, I understand. I understand. I understand. That lets them know you do understand. Make that connection. Take the time to be human with them. Affection, physical touch, understanding, and empathy. Come out of your shoes. Come out of your world. Let me see what I can do for this person to lift them up. This world is so cold for the most part. It's a, I got to get mine. You got to get yours type situation. We're spiritually bankrupt the society for the most part. And it's even worse than ever before. So when you do something for somebody when they need it or they're feeling down, they never forget it. 20 years can go by and they never forget it. I remember when I was a teenager and I was training and there was a young kid. Eh, about I was 19. He was maybe 12 or 13. And he came into the gym. The owner didn't mind. And he asked me, he says, I see you doing all these exercises. I've been doing my exercises. See, see, I said, hey, I could see you've been doing it. I didn't see nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, can't, I, I had to tell him that he admired me. He said, what should I do to build up this part and that part? I gave him a little lesson. It took like 10 or 15 minutes with some general exercises. Right before I left to come down to Florida, I was like 38 years old. And he was like, like maybe 31 or 30. I haven't seen this guy long time. He moved away and came back. I mean, he's like, hey, hey, Mr. Lance. I'm like, okay, he's grown. I'm grown just a few years. He still called me Mr. Lance because he remembered the last time we spoke. That dude was jacked. Winning competitions. And he was like, I'm so thankful you took the time with me. I never forgot the time that you showed me those exercises and you showed me the right way to do it. And, and I believed in you. And, I, and I'm like, I wasn't even, I'm not the gym for at that point. I, I stopped at uh, 22 and that was 38. I've been out the gym for 16 years. And this dude carried the mantle. I was like, whoa, I need to ask you some tips. You know what I mean? But when you have that, um, the understanding and empathy and, 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 and you, you show them and your understanding and you give them a piece of yourself. That's like a seed that will grow. And when it comes back to haunt you in a good way, it's amazing. So imagine I brushed him off and he saw me. Not that he would want to get physical or anything. Like I was still able, strong and be able to handle myself. I'm not the strongest I've been now, but I can still handle myself. But who wants that? Right. Who wants that? Number 10. Uh, shared responsibilities and teamwork in a marriage, shared responsibilities keep you together. It's not where you let one person uh, do all the all stuff and, and, and then you just sail on in. And you both have to know each other's shared responsibility just in case they're sick or they're not able to do it. They don't feel too good. You say, honey, listen, I got you on this. The chores of the home, looking over the bills and budgeting things you have to schedule for your children, doctor's appointments, whatever it may be, 
You see what I mean? Shared responsibilities and teamwork, feeling like a team, feeling that, feeling that you need each other. You can depend on each other. Sure, you can do it on your own, but it's nice when you know you're part of a team because you're synergistic. That's greater than the, the, than the sum total of the two parts. You may produce results of 15 people and then you're just two because you're a team and you know where you fit in. You know how you interlock. And that, that, that's glue in a marriage, in a commitment. It doesn't have to be the piece of paper. I'll say that for the people who just came in, but that's the glue that holds a union where you're committed. And again, it's not for everybody to want marriage. I understand it's not for everybody to right now be ready for a relationship. You may never want to be in a relationship. Your healing may take longer. And maybe you've been in all kinds of relationships early on where you thought the next person was committed, but they weren't. And you were. And you're like, listen, I'm chilling for a while. This is my time. Okay, I'm married. But I'm 60 years old on Saturday. And there's certain things I am not going to tolerate in, from the outside world anymore. There's certain levels of disrespect. There's, cer there's certain, in certain stages in your life, whether you're married or not, there's certain things that you will not deal with. And I, I've made those affirmations. I sat down with my wife. I said, listen, this is this, this is that. This is what I need in this part of my life. I've given away so much of my life. I'm still going to be a given person, but it's when that spirit tells me to do so. But before it used to be open, open, whatever. I got, I got to spend this part of my life that way. I've got to focus on me so I can be better for you. I got to focus on me so I can produce more for the world. I don't think I'm better than anything else, but I have something to offer. I want to leave that behind. So when I transition and say, like, oh, uh, Lance Curve, yes, 150 years ago he transitioned. <laughs> but the stuff is still popping. Come on, y'all. Y'all listen to Michael, Michael Jackson music and you still move your feet. He gone. Physically, he's still with us in spirit. We can't see it, whatever way you want to call it. But teamwork, man, it makes a person work harder when they know that they're with somebody that's a winner. If I was some loser, you think Miss Curry would cook the meals that she does for me? I mean, I can cook, but I can't cook like her. I mean, I, nine months I was by myself over here. I had to cook then. I am not proud of what I had the results with. <laughs> it gave me carbohydrates, protein, essential fats, <laughs> vitamins, minerals, and water. <laughs> I survived. <laughs> First, I was afraid. I was petrified. <laughs> How I can live without Lily Vegans cooking by my side. <laughs> But then I was spent so many nights watching her by the stove <laughs> and I copied it, but I didn't copy it too good. <laughs> now she's back. <laughs> oh, let me shut up. <laughs> I know I could be corny sometimes, but I'm relaxed in front of the microphone. You'll relax me. Mixed genre faves. Yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I woke up and scared myself. I thought it was 75. I dreamt that, right? 75. Oh, no. <laughs> But you got to laugh and you have to embrace who you are at the time. Not have any, I'm not carrying no time. I want this to be fun. I want everybody around me laughing at this point. I want to be a jolly old man. You know what I mean? Go out like that. But people miss your presence if you're not around. If you got a little wisdom to share, if you have it, share it. You know, be a plus. Like, oh, wow. You know? It used to warm my heart over when I would work in, 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 in the incarcerated. And if I would do overtime in an area that I wasn't normally stationed to work in, 
and they would see me show up at the beginning of the shift. Oh, Scurve, you working here? Yo, Scurve's working here. Man, that's almost like when you come home and your kids come to the door, daddy, because of what you fed into them. They knew they're going to have a good time as long as they respected the rules. And we're going to get through them eight hours just fine. I'm not a prick. I'll let you slide with a few things if you do good, but that's what you want. The teamwork. And you work better. 11, financial stability and security. Like I said, security is a big part of it. You know, we have women who in marriages may make a little more than the husband. And we know the system has designed it that way. But this is by no means a competition. Or you should feel bad as a man because your wife makes more than you. She's bringing it home to the same home. It doesn't mean you're going to take advantage. Well, she made more than me, so I'm going to keep some of this money. No. What I feel it should be that as a husband and as a wife, you put your money down for the house, for the home. And that's first. And then if you need something out of it after the basic things have been taken care of and what's been taken care of, remember your common goals, goals, shared, shared, shared values and goals, the goals of what you both are building in a synergistic way. You just can't be dipping and taking it out, thinking it was the money she make. No. The money we make. And you're always trying to, I'm not just going to say, go and make more, make more, make more. Drive so crazy. Work overtime and not never be home. But when you have to work a little overtime to, to get bring it around because of the goals, do so. If you can get something that makes more, do so. If you can cut back on certain things, do so. But you have to have financial stability and security. And it's very tough in this world the way it is now. Back in the day, <laughs> me coming up, it was so easy to get a job. And there were certain things that weren't taxing you as much. And, and it used to be where a man, and this is way back, and I'm not, I'm not even going to say it's in my life. It, it, it was, but I was much younger. But you can go down and fill out an application in a local factory, get a job there, get insurance, have a retirement from a pension that you get to the day you transition and your wife gets it after you leave. Dang. And you had to fill out an application with a paper and a, a pencil pen. And sometimes you're walking out the door, with, you know, you're going to wait for the phone call the, the next week or whatever. And they, hey, uh, are you available now? Like, yeah, okay. Well, let me show you around. And you end up working that day. <laughs> you fill out the paperwork and stuff. It's not like that anymore. Sometimes you got to work three different jobs to get the, the money that you'd get on one. That's three different commutes. It's broken now. Then the stability of these workplaces, they let you go so quick. You know, last hired, first fired. And then we know it's throwing some racism on the bad boy. You don't know what's going to happen. You got coworkers who can hang you, sabotage you, whatever. It's tougher with the financial stability. So you've got to be tougher in your resiliency to give that woman the peace of mind that she needs. And for you as a man to feel good about that. And you both work together. You know, because we're not living in that world where unless you're making, you know, it's not like that's not the norm anymore. It was more the norm back in the day. It was more the norm that go back to the 50s in the South, and you know, certain parts of the North in America. Where the, where the husband can work, take care of a mortgage or rent and car note. Car notes were tiny back then anyway, but the money was smaller. Right. But the money had more, more. Uh, uh, how can I put it? It had more. It was more virile. It was, it, was, it was tougher. It was stronger, more robust. And she could stay at home. The only time she'd probably work 
is getting a part-time job somewhere in the department store right before Christmas. You know what I mean? Those days are over. Those days are over. Not for everybody, but for most people that they're concerned. And just think of the expenses of different things. You can make six figures and you can spend more than six figures. Are you sinking yourself in a hole? Are you with a woman who is responsible? You're the one who wants to have that sports car to show off and get back at the guys you know that make it more than you? To heck with them. To heck with them. You have to do what you have to do for yourself. And like I said, when I thought about it, I said, Mrs. Skurve, I said, we don't want to be working when we're 70, still paying this mortgage. It wasn't a big mortgage, but let's cut it out of our lives. Let's just go on the other side of the big ocean, you know what I mean? And and take all we have and liquidate it and build up over there. And we're only a plane right away. We can be there. Like I said, you know, from the East Coast, you get up to go to work. I jump on the flight. By the time you're done work, I'm right there. <laughs> like, damn, how'd you get here so quick? You just didn't know I was coming. You see what I mean? So that is very important, especially in a world that is uncertain with the economy being the way it is. And they say, this is what they say. The reason why most couples that are married or in a committed relationship break up is because of the financial issues. And I will add on some more to it. I'm not going to say this is just the reason, but men still need to be to feel like men. Men still need to be admired. And again, this is a man thing, and it doesn't mean the woman is deficient and doesn't need this, right? But a lot of times when things get rough, we look to the leader. And you both have equal input, but at the end of the day, the man is supposed to come through with it. At the end of the day, he's the problem solver. You are too, but at the end of the day, when everybody's equally as drained, he got that man strength. He's, he's, he's given that for a reason. It's not a put down to the sisters. And no matter what happens, we still have to feel like men and be admired and be strengthened. And, you know, um, we, we're behind our bills. I can't give you no hug. Then, then you're making him weaker then. You know what I mean? You're still supposed to operate on all levels as long as he respects you. And and men, you're not supposed to demand nothing out of a woman if she is a little depleted and needs to, to rejuvenate herself to be able to be the woman that she needs to be to you. Have some consideration both ways. It's both things. We just can't say. It's just one absolute rule. You know what I mean? Number 12, sense of humor and ability to have fun together. Come on, y'all. You know I believe in that. You know, I believe in that. I didn't get a video of it, but I don't always have a video camera when I'm home, but it was Orlando. Mrs. Scurry would always chase me around the house. She'd always, she would chase me behind the house, hide behind things. Now, I would never tell her age, but I'm about to be 60 and she's about to be a year younger. <laughs> she knows y'all know, <laughs> right? And I said, look at this. But even when we were in Orlando, there's a couple of years ago, we were in our 50s. And, and, and it was a one-story house, but it was, it was large. Didn't look like that from the front, but it was large inside. And, and I was running away from her, and I hid. I hid in one of the rooms, a little studio room. I took my time. All the lights were on, right? I opened the door, and I looked at the, in the bedroom next on one side. I looked at it because it was a four-bedroom house. Okay, she's not behind the door in the closet, no spots. I looked in the bathroom, looked behind the shower curtain because, you know, she's slender, so she can hide better places than me with my fat behind, right? So I finally got out into the, because there's two living rooms. The Florida house has got two living rooms, right? The living room you're allowed to go in, the one you can't sit in, they got the covering over the furniture, <laughs> like the old ladies. So I get out there, and I look everywhere. 
She didn't go outside because I didn't hear the chime go off. Then I finally went to the bedroom. I'm looking all under the bed. I'm looking here. I'm like, I looked everywhere and I'm walking freely now. Like I didn't hear. And as I'm looking, I'm listening for noise. I didn't, where the heck did she go? I'm looking all over. She was hiding behind the couch, meaning that that little L-shaped couch is sectional. She jumped up over it because the, the, the wall was, you know, a 90 degree angle. There's a lot of space back there. She just went down there and took a little nap. <laughs> and I was running around the house for an hour and a half looking for her. She was giggling and I'm good. I could find anything. You could put anything in the house. I don't even know. As long as it's within the rooms, I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. I'll, I'll take a screwdriver and take electronics apart and look in there to see if you put it in there and, 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 and screwed it in together. I'm thorough doing cell searches. They're like, ah, oh, God, Scarif is doing a cell search. Yep. Tell me what you got. I'm going to still search it, but give it up. <laughs> but having fun together. Having fun together. I like to have fun. I'm never not going to like having fun. Never. You hang out with us. You hang out with me. You'll be laughing. I'm, I'm, I'm going to play little tricks and games with you and some little April Fool's tricks or whatever. But you're going to love it. I'm not going to be annoying with it. You know what I mean? Like, I got to watch this guy all the time. He's always joking. He plays too much. No, no, not like that. But just enough to spice up the time. Where at the end of the day, you say, damn, I had a real good time. You know? So the next one is um, physical attraction and desire. Yeah. I didn't say sex yet. But, but enjoy yourself being in that state of arousal. And it's okay to be physically attracted to your mate. Even if your mate is five foot five and 400 pounds, you can find something. Because remember, it's based on love. It's not just you have to measure this other person, like this other person, this supermodel, and I'm going to leave. It may not even be all the way physical. It may be her voice. It may be her eyes. You know, just the attraction, the warmth. I ain't going to lie. I've been with fat women before, you know what I mean? And sometimes those have been some of the most pleasing experiences. Yeah. Oh, you've just been with beauties. No, I can't. No. you know, but just nice shapes and whatever. So you can't say, but the physical desire doesn't mean that you have to go and bust your chops at the gym to be something that you're not right now. It should be about you at that moment, the time you spend together and desire, the joy of letting go, desire. You know what I hate to see? Two people who are so full of passion, but they're afraid to open up and let go. They're afraid to surrender. They're afraid to let go and let the person know, I want you. Come over here. I need you close to me. Fiend for them to be close to you. Let me love you. Let me feel you. We have the whole night. There's no rush. I just want to feel you next to me. Foreplay could be just a hug for two hours. Laying in the bed of, we know that may not last that long, right? But, but desire. And the physical attraction, which if you have the spirit 
and the mind together. And then you bring the physical into it. It's beautiful. But don't just think you can lust after somebody and bring all the other attributes in if they don't have it. You see what I mean? I came home thirsty one day and I knew it was a half a gallon of orange juice in the fridge. And when I came there, man, I said, mm, look at that orange juice. I opened up the fridge. I wasn't even going to pour it in a cup. It was late at night. I was going to drink the whole bad boy. I was like, I'll go buy another one tomorrow. When I lifted it up, it went up to the sky fast in my hand because there wasn't nothing in it. My family drank it all up already. So you look at these people out here, these dudes that look so good, these women that look so good, they may not have the attributes on the inside that you really, really want. The, the outside may look nice, and that's what we said, physical attraction and desire, but what is the physical attraction when you lift up the thing of orange juice and ain't got nothing in it? You take them out on a date and you're with them and all they're doing is talking some stupid stuff, low vibrational stuff. And, and it comes to a point, and I know we've all, most of us have dealt with this, that, that you, somebody you think so highly of, and you really get a chance to now spend time with them. They said some nice things to attract you. And it's light. There's no commitment for sex or anything like that. It's just you're going to spend a night together, uh, together, a date, night, meaning, you know, you're adults. You're not just, oh, oh it's, it's a 10 o'clock. We got to end this date. We just got together at 8 o'clock. Nah, you hang out 2, 3, 4 in the morning. You're adults. But then they open their mouth and it's like, oh, my God, this person's an idiot. I was superimposing intelligence onto them that I thought they had that they didn't have because... I didn't really see this other side. It, 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 it bedazzles me when it happens like that. It doesn't even have to be dating. It could be somebody that you see um, if you go into a church or they work in a different department on the job. You may not even be interested in dealing with them. It's just that you think highly of them. Even me as a man, there are men that I've seen that, oh, man, he, he got it going on. You know, I'll tell you one. I'll tell you a funny one. There was a guy who, I won't say his name, he's probably listening. I don't care. You know who you are. I'm not going to blow your name up. He was a supervisor over the area where I um, worked in the jail. And he would always come around to sign the books because you have to check the books, make sure everything is all right. You have to sign them for the, our checks and different things that we've done up until that time. He signed the books. And once they signed the books, like, supervisor ain't coming around no more. We can cut loose. But he was a cool supervisor, right? So he would, the times that he would come around, he had this deep voice. And yes, you know, us as black people, we need to do this and we need to do that. We need, you know, and, and it's like, wow, this is a pro black brother, clean shaven, looking like something from the civil rights movement in the 1960s. You know, the, the glasses, you know, looking like a Malcolm. He didn't look like Malcolm X, but he carried that spirit. But we never got a chance to be around him much. He'd say something for two or three minutes, sign the books and go. So we added up all of these little parts that we gathered. Say, man, he's he knows his history. He knows this. He and so one day, I was out by the guard shack, and it was a little place where a lot of the vans would come in, and I'd have to log in who, what, what number van came in, how many inmates they brought, the time it was, whatever. So, you know, they would never lie, but they would go yell to the window, I got 13, and you look at the number, boom, whatever. Hey, man, I said, you know, I was really loving what you said the other day. 
about whatever it was, because I forgot something about, you know, black history and black people and what we need to do and all that stuff. So it made a lot of sense. He said, yeah. And then there was a female officer that walked by and she was known for being quietly promiscuous and blessing different individuals on the night shift with certain acts performed while she was on her knees. I mean, it didn't matter to me. I mean, I just heard this and it went in one day and came out the next. He cut the conversation. And the first thing he said, after I told him about how uplifted I was after our conversation, he said, yeah, but uh, I'd be a, uh, uplifted if I had that over here in the guard shack and you wasn't here. And I said, what you mean? Well, I heard she was a swallower and I loves me a swallower. I'm like, ah, I thought this man was on a higher level than that. Here he is talking about one of his sisters. Now we know that we have attractions and we hear things and we like things and we're human. But he went from zero to 60 in the other direction. I was like, this man ain't no good. This is a front. But I mean, maybe like he felt comfortable to tell me that. But no, man, he could see that I looked at him with admiring eyes. Not no homo business. I'm just saying, oh, here's a brother a couple years older than me. We we're in the same age group. But, you know. And then he went on to talk about this girl and that girl. I, I got keys to this one, uh, this one house. And I need that swallow. I can go. And I'm sitting here. I felt like a deflating balloon. I was so disappointed. I didn't want to hear that talk. I hear that talk when talking with the inmates. And that's all they talk about. Some of them, some of them deep now. Some, you know, they'll surprise you. But that, that really surprised me. And um, it just, it blew me away. But that has nothing to do with physical attraction and desire. <laughs> right but i don't know how i got got off on that tangent it'll make some sense when you listen to it again but everything that we see in front of us may not be what we, what we think think it is because even go back to the physical attraction it's not always just the physical and desire but you can be physical and sometimes a lot of our sisters i'm not blaming anybody because brothers they can be in any kind of shape and want to jump down and do all kind of stuff but a lot of our sisters hold themselves to to a standard that doesn't exist. And, and they need to understand that you're beautiful as you are. You're beautiful as you are. I'm not saying this to be some simp, like somebody is inevitably going to say in the comment section, my penis does not go from one continent to the other. I'm trying to get some. I'm over here, and I probably will be here for a couple of years before I even leave to come to America. And it, really, is it that, that that's what it's all about? Come on now. When you see a beautiful picture being painted, it's halfway done. Don't you see the beauty in it? It's the same way when it's finished. You see the progress of it. So you need to know that you're beautiful as you are. You're more beautiful than you realize. And we, we, we said it's about physical attraction. So what if you got a pimple here? There's a young lady that I know. She got actually ran over by a car. And her leg, one of her legs was sliced open like a hot dog. You know when you put the hot dog in her and you slice it down the middle? Her leg was sliced open and there are stitches, big crude stitches because she didn't have the money for good health care. Big crude stitches from her hip all the way down damn near to her ankle. But she is so beautiful as she is. She is so beautiful as she is. And yes, this was many years ago and somebody that I dealt with. And the first place I kissed was those scars where the stitches were to make her know that there's no part of you that's off limits. If I would rest my head on her, it was right there. And I'd stroke the scars. I wasn't a scar freak. But she had to know that 
what she may have considered as the weakest link on her chain of her whole physicality because she was awesome the other way. But she was so hung up that way. She would lay on one side and try to hide it. And I'd make her lay on the other side. And, and it did something for her. So even when you have the physical attraction and desire, your lovemaking, your cuddling, your reassurance can do so much for someone. You see, when we have an orgasm, we are open to receive much of that other person, even before the orgasm. But that's all pistons firing. And whatever's in the atmosphere around you, you're going to absorb and that soul tie forms. So if you're in that mode of, of being and you're making love, it doesn't mean it has to be penis and vagina all the time. It doesn't even have to mean anything oral or friction, but you're in that zone. You might already made love and you're still in that zone. You're transferring energy. Let the energy be healing energy. We can heal each other through making love. It's so powerful. The things we say when we're in that zone. If you're not zoned out, you, you're doing something wrong. If you're not zoned in a different plane, you're there, but you're high. Like when you walk into a room, a bunch of people smoking weed and they're high. You know what I mean? It should be the same way. Maybe not in the beginning, you start out, you take your time, you do your full play, but the physical desire and attraction is something that's very healing. And when you visualize, when you make love, this is very important to know. When you visualize, when you make love, you are creating stuff and you're putting stuff out there that will manifest even faster because you're putting that energy behind it. But most people don't understand that. If you're very lonely and you satisfy yourself by yourself, some people say it's wrong. Some people say it's right. But why are you doing that? I'm not going to say, well, you know, I'm going to masturbate and think about a high-rise building that I hope to build with the money I don't have yet. <laughs> but with that energy, use it for something. Let it cross your mind. Even if you're focused on the physicality and the spiritual connection, there's a reason for it, not just to get off and that's it. Oh, I'm going to rub one out. Oh, I'm just going to bend her over and whatever. No, it ain't going to work with that kind of thing. Ain't no way you're going to be with a prostitute or you're going to be with somebody that you met in the club and you're in the back seat just humping on them because they got a nice body and you're going to manifest something good. It don't work that way. It's when you're into the person, even if it's not a full commitment, even if you're just there for that time, you're around, you haven't committed, but you can share energies because you see that this person is a deep person. You see what I mean? And we can't let uh, uh, Fifth Avenue in Paris, France, that dictates fashion, and Fifth Avenue that dictates what's beauty and not. You are beauty. You are beauty. Even with the flaws that you feel you have, you are beauty because you have the potential to go even better if you just understand how you are. What's the next one here? Okay, personal space in alone time. We need the personal space in alone time, even in a marriage commitment whatever, marriage without the paper. You need to feel that you can escape while being in the house with your partner. They have to afford you this because you're still an individual. This false doctrine of two people becoming one, like I said, you're 50% of a person, you're one. So, so you were 200% because you were two people and now you threw it all away. No, keep it and overlap and merge so you cover more ground. You don't get one spoonful of peanut butter and just put it on one side of the bread because if you spread it and spread it thin, you want peanut butter in every bite when you have the peanut butter. Now, don't you? I don't understand that. 
You see? So we have to understand that we need our time to recalibrate even from each other. Not that it's a bad thing that, oh, from each other. No, but you need to still need to understand that you are an individual. You need your individual rest in time. Like, okay, I'm up at night. Um, it's 11.49 right now. Mrs. Kirk been in the bed. She went in the bed maybe 10 minutes before we, um, I started the show. She was out here. I could have like, oh, I'll just stay up a little bit. But I know she's tired. She was very tired. I was very tired. I slept the afternoon away. I didn't get to sleep at, at all. I mean, I laid there and I couldn't sleep. I had so much on my mind. What am I going to do? I did some tutorials, looked at them briefly, and was so excited I couldn't sleep. <laughs> I know I'm a nut. Who gets excited over tutorials? <laughs> I can do this. I can make things better. <laughs> we have the technology. But you need time alone to cater to the things that need to be catered to that only you can do. Even if it's just to lay there and read a book and you read half a chapter and you want to stare off in the space and you just want to be quiet, it's okay to do that. Check on each other. I know you're good, honey. Do you want, I'm going to make some tea right now. Would you like a cup? Yes, honey. You make the cup of tea, hand it to her and get the heck up out the room. If she wants the door closed, let her close it. Or you close it for her, leave it open, leave it cracked, but let them know and, and, and manifest this in your relationship and let them know, listen, we need time apart, but I still want to be with you, close to you, right? So every now and again, when you need it, I will not feel bad when you say, honey, I want to be alone today. And then when they come out of it, you usually have the best of times because there's an appreciation for you to have that much consideration that they can have what they have as a single person in the relationship. And I don't mean a single person, open relationship, going out there screwing people. I'm just saying that you can feel to yourself and recalibrate and then deal with you because we all bring energies. And sometimes we need to separate our energies within the whole scheme of the relationship before we come back together again. It's a very healthy thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I, I look, I just glanced at the chat room and the first thing I looked at was erectile dysfunction. And I'm like, okay, let me scroll up and see why they were saying this, but I won't. <laughs> just move on to the next one, right? It's funny how your eye finds the very thing, right? <laughs> uh, let me see now. Loyalty and commitment. Loyalty. I need to know that you're loyal to me. And it's not even a control thing. And we can be loyal to multiple causes and multiple people. A mother's not going to be loyal, not loyal to her children just because a man says he wants the lo loyalty. There's different types of loyalty, right? But I need to know you're loyal to me. And you need to know that I'm loyal to you. You know, my allegiance is not supposed to be to put anybody like, okay, I'll help all the people I help. Doesn't mean I can't help you because I just have to do for her in my relationship. No, but when it comes down to it, there should be no doubt who your loyalty is to. Even in a situation where if you did wrong, I'm not going to chastise you publicly. I'm going to pull you to the side and say, listen, sweetheart, you, what you did was wrong. That's how loyal I am. But I'm not going to blow you up in public. Oh, you're wrong. I can't believe you did this to me and you embarrassed me. Oh, who did I get with and all this stuff? Now you're damaging the relationship. But I expect the same loyalty. Ride or die. Let's call it ride or die. Forget the loyalty thing they say in this thing. We should, <laughs> what I put, ride or die and total commitment all in. You need to know that we gangster with it, with each other. That no matter what, 
I got your back. You come first. Sure, the children. Yes, of course. Sure, your mama, your elderly father. But in a relationship type situation, I'm not going to have nobody say nothing about my woman. I'm sorry, I mean, I have a wife, but I'm saying it that way. My woman. <laughs> nah, that's my woman. What you mean? What you mean? You're not supposed to say that. Let me check you on that. Loyalty and commitment. How much of us have that? And something said funny about our, sp our spouse. And we <laughs> giggle or even agree. No, that's not how I roll. I'm old school. I'm old school. I don't care. I don't care if I had an ugly woman and it was true. You ain't calling her ugly. You know what I mean? She beautiful. You correct that. But anyway, there's no ugly black woman anyway. You know what I mean? Unless your spirits get ugly. But not nah, total commitment. Ride or die. Mm -mm. Next one. Okay, we. Okay, wait, I'm going up on a list. What the heck? <laughs> family values and support. Family values. If you're two people, you hope to have a family, fine. If you're two people in a mixed uh, situation, mixed family, but the values must be drilled into each other's head, but you have to have them. Don't assume somebody has them. You see what I mean? Family values. Let's just go from zero to 60. You got a mixed situation here and you never lived together, but now you have kid, kid, both sides have kids, same age group, whatever, whatever, maybe teens or something like that. And as a man, you go leave out your bedroom and walk out with your drawers and you got the boxes with the slit that pops open and little Johnny pops out. You got stepdaughters there. You can't even walk out there like that. She might come out. How are you going to walk out there even with a t-shirt, your dick swinging and she might come out? values man you need to know you can't do this you should not even be told that you cannot do this you understand maybe your sons have friends who are their age and they're 16 17 you can't as a mother even walk out in something revealing or something see-through because these little boys are twisted now they 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 you know the am i the milf and in the in the gilf and the grandmama i'd love to you know what i mean these little kids will hit anything right now and not care. So show some respect. You know what I mean? Have some values and have some values that you undergird in your children. Decency, respect, family values. So you can say in this family, as long as you're under this roof, these are the values that you're going to uphold. And I'm going to teach you these values and you're going to internalize them as long as you under my roof. But we're too scared to say that to our children. I'm not saying anybody here, but we're trying to be their friend more than anything else. Family values. This is this is the mantle that has been passed down like a relay race. And you waiting for the for them to bring the, the baton and you grab it. We're coming all the way down from the great, great grandmother, the great, great, great grandfather. All, and this is what we do. This is what the Skirvin family does. We have inherent values that are passed down. And if anything, we add on to it to make it adjust to the modern times. Just like with modern law, there were certain things that weren't around back in the 1700s. They didn't have the internet. You know what I mean? They didn't have drones. They didn't have spy uh, technology. You can spy on your neighbor. So they had to adapt and upgrade the laws to match the proper time. But it's, at the core, it's the same thing. But the family values, it's sad when a child doesn't know what the family values are, what you should do and what you should not do. 
how you're supposed to be respectful to any adult that comes around, regardless, unless they disrespect your mom or your father. How you're supposed to carry yourself a certain way in the presence of others because you represent the family and the values that we uphold. And the outsiders know this and they will come back and report as they should. So you can get that behind toward them. I don't care what the states say. You need a behindin. That's what my father used to call it, a behindin. <laughs> Let me take a sip, y'all. Ah, hydration is a wonderful thing. Ah, see, just like I said, hydration is a wonderful thing. I thought of a T-shirt that said, hydration is a wonderful thing, but high first and another hydration is a wonderful thing. It's funny drinking. <laughs> like you get high, getting hydrated. That's why I can't sleep. <laughs> Let's see what's next now. Positive attitude and mindset in a marriage, in a family, because whatever happens in a marriage falls out and spills out into the family. Positive attitude and mindset. If that is the base and foundation from which you think in your marriage, you can conquer anything that comes against you. And again, it's not just a piece of paper marriage, but the commitment. Because what if there's no pastor to marry or no downtown to get the marriage uh, certificate from, right? It's something between two people. But the positive mindset, Mrs. Kerr and I have gone through a whole lot since we came here, even before, but since we came here, many of you know exactly what we went through. We've had that discussion, no stones left unturned. And we came through it because we kept the positive mindset. I had to focus, but I'm used to focus and I'm used to being isolated, not within, not away from her, but when she was away, I was isolated and Isolated when we got here from the crew that was ended up being fraudulent. That's all I'll say right now. You all know. And um, if we didn't have our own foundation and depended on somebody else to, to, to be positive for us or to dictate to us, no, no, no. I don't care if there's a thousand people around us. We are carving our own path. We can walk alongside each other. You choose to move on and show a different attitude. Bye. See you. It ain't going to change. You understand? Because we will stay positive and keep that positive mindset. It's very necessary because when you are committed to someone, you're going to have all of the tests in the world. Financially, you're going to be tested when things get lean. You're going to get tested when one person gets sick and they're a little down right now. And pretty nurse comes into the room and wants to invite you out for dinner while your wife is sick in the hospital. It's crazy out here. It's crazy out here. It's like shopping the day after Christmas. I don't celebrate Christmas, but you know what it is for sometimes the times that you did. You go shop for stuff the, the day after Christmas. Everything is picked over. Everything is picked over. You can't find nothing good. You go to buy underwear and there's stains in the crotch. Damn, somebody water some brought this back. People's nasty. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you got even in your home, even if you're single, if you're by yourself, you have to maintain a positive mindset. And reinforce it by the things you say, even when you're looking at doom in the face, you still have to maintain being positive. Huh? You still have to. Nothing else will work. If there's a crack in your armor, negativity will find that crack and manifest something else. And even if it did and you slipped and you got knocked down, get up and keep on swinging. You got more fight in you. If you're here, you have a purpose and you have a purpose to win. 
Your creator didn't put you to, here to be a loser. It's the engineered world that causes you to think that way. See? Independence and autonomy. Independence. Yeah, the sense of independence. Who wants to be, like, say, young ladies, you with a man? Girl, you know I'm the one to make all the money up in here. You better have your ass in here at 8 o'clock. You know what I mean? I make all the money in here. Why would somebody want to treat a woman that way? You know, the beauty of a true marriage and a true commitment is when the person you know wants to be there with you. Why are you pushing it? And, and it's ego. You shouldn't have that anyway. Maybe she should have detected that, but maybe she was going through stuff and didn't see that mess inside of you. And some people change. Some people let the negative attributes manifest. But some dude who's going to act like that and not even be considerate. Girl, I'm horny. You better get in here and get them knee pads. <laughs> no, man. No, no. You want your woman to feel independent. You want us to know, and I don't mean independent like, you know, you can get out of here and I don't care. No, you're independent and you still want to be with me. You have wings to fly. Different people hitting on you and trying to give you options and you have money and all this stuff and you still come home to me. I used to love that when I was growing up. My father always uh, would make a hand bird baths and I'm going to do that too down here. I'm going to put some way up on the balcony. I'm going to put some way out in the yard that you saw. And all these exotic birds. And I'm going to have cameras that are aimed at them so you can see what they are. Because out here in Africa, all kind of birds, man. I'm like, what kind of bird is that? <laughs> the 2023 Blue Jay model. <laughs> Modified skirt kit, rims, <laughs> tent. <laughs> right? But... The joy of seeing those birds in my backyard growing up in New York City, especially during the time when it was falling and coming in from the north, was that they dropped down in the yard. We had breadcrumbs and different things there because they wanted to be there. That they told, they chose, they saw it and they came down and they went on their way. You know what I mean? And the beauty of being with somebody is you knowing that you did such a wonderful job that they want to be there, even through thick and thin. Again, nothing's perfect. You will have disagreements and you will have disputes. But it's still worth it to be with you because of the energy that you possess and your attributes. That's the most important thing. And if you're a positive person, positivity is always attractive. I don't care who you are. You got to be the damn devil. You know what I mean? To not like somebody who is positive. And if you're that, hopefully they don't fall for you if you're the devil. You know? Intellectual stimulation and challenging conversations. Come on, y'all. Y'all love that intellectual stimulation and challenging conversations. If I was the idiot channel, you wouldn't be here. I can act like an idiot sometimes to be uh, uh, cerebral seasoning on top of the real meat of the matter. But that you can have sex all day long. But if you don't have intellectual stimulation, and challenging conversations that challenge you to think deeper, to challenge you to look within yourself and say, wow, that was a nugget. Let me take this nugget and think about it all day the next day and use that to chisel away anything that I need from within to grow. I I've always been that way. I don't care who it is. If you stimulate me intellectually, and have challenging conversations. And I give that back to you. We deep in the conversation. We gone with it. I don't care how much we in the bed naked. That's part of the stimulation. 
Because like I always say, if a woman goes to bed with a dumb man, she wakes up a little more stupid. If a man goes to bed with a dumb woman, he wakes up a little more stupid. You average out. So with every thrust of your organs, that feels so good. The more you know you have a brain, the next person has a brain and this cerebral intelligence and this emotional intelligence and the challenging conversations, it drives you crazy because it makes it better. And this is when you know like, wow, we can take each other there on, on a cerebral level. So if every thrust of your body, you are celebrating what you have in your mind, the value of this person, as opposed to some low vibrational orifice that's offered up to you for $7 because they want to go get that next hit of crack, not to knock anybody who's been on crack, but the value, what's in their head. Because I'd rather talk to a woman, a Sam single, I'd rather talk to a woman who has something in her head that's more stimulating than getting head from someone who has nothing in their head. Then what? I don't want to wake up stupid. I want to go to bed with somebody who has the same intellect, if not more, and I'm going to strive to keep up because I don't want to make them stupid as we average out. See, if you're not as smart as the next person that doesn't, doesn't have the same experiences, as long as you're striving to go up, that's okay. That keeps them from getting stupid when they wake up in the morning. <laughs> Recognition and appreciation for contributions. Recognize what they bring to the table. Recognize and appreciate it and remind them. Just because they know it and you know it doesn't mean you can't celebrate it. Every time you have company come over and she makes that dish, and it may not be as simple as a dish, Tell that same joke every year at the celebration of the family that they always already heard. I tell you the time back 22 years ago when she gave me that first plate. Let me, and you know, you always tell the story a little different because you add something on to it. So what? The joke is still funny. And the bottom line is that you're showing appreciation and recognition. And it doesn't have to be that she cooks something. It could be just for who she is. You see that woman I married right there? Not only is she beautiful, not only has she kept herself up, but she has the internal attributes that you may not see, but since you know her, you know exactly what she is on the inside. She's the most valuable individual aside from my mother. They're both on the same level that I've known in my entire life. I've been so blessed. And you, 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 you know what she goes, oh my God, you're, you're terrible. Don't say these nice things about me. No. But mean it and show it behind closed doors. Don't just grandstand with it. And she'll be like, yeah, mm-hmm. But you beat me last night. That's why I got these shades on. The people in the audience, mm-hmm. And he ran with the mother of three women, but he talking about how good a woman she is. He lying. He just trying to make himself look good. You see what I mean? Mean it. Mean it. Live it and mean it. Number 22. Dang, time flies when you're having fun. Willingness to compromise and find solutions together. Marriage is compromise. Even if you, <laughs> even if it's not a marriage slash commitment, 
we all must compromise in this world to get to where we have to go. We don't live in this situation by ourselves. I mean, if you buy yourself and you're inside the house and you say, well, I want to paint my walls purple with orange specks on it, gold on it. Weird as that looks, you can do that. Nobody else is here. But if you're deciding the color of your internal walls or doing something together, you have to compromise. And sometimes it's like us, Mrs. Skirv and I laid down in the bed and sketched out the plans. Now, I'm the artist here. Okay, so I'm good with the pencil. And it's not an ego thing. She understands that. So I held the pencil. I know her. I know what she wanted. We've talked about it for years, what we want if we built a house from scratch. But I still asked her certain things as I sketched it out. I didn't sketch it out and, and, and dictate to her. I already knew. But talking about compromise, I said, okay, let me tell you what I want. And you tell me what you want, specifics. Even the extra amenities, and um, we'll come together on one accord. Now, the things I wanted as extras, she loved it, so that was no problem. She probably might not have think of a thought about it. Not that she won't think about it, but I have a background in architecture as an apprentice. Never did architecture. Never went to school for it. Almost did. So I have that three D view of a structure. It's natural to me. I have a 3D view of everything. <laughs> you know what I mean, I'm like, I'm like a drone flying around something imaginary that doesn't exist and seeing it and going around it and up and what and I can sketch it. So I already know she wanted a big kitchen because look, that's what she does. In this apartment, it's cramped. It's a tiny kitchen. It's like a little bigger than a closet. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, she made some videos today with some close tight shots. But when we get that spot, it's going to be the bomb. I needed my studio, Right. So I got that. She got a big kitchen. I always wanted to have the steps in the back of the house. I used to hate it when I go to someone's house or in the home that I lived in and have to come downstairs and the stairs go right into the living room. What if there are people sitting in the living room you don't bother with? What happens if you come home and it, you know your folks got company that you don't be bothered with? You don't want them up in your face. Hey, baby, what's wrong with you? You got a mark on your neck. Look like a hickey. I'm like, I'm sure. What do you think? Ignore it. Anyway, the steps are all in the back. You can walk through any of the floors and go to the back and go down the steps. You can go up to the master bedroom discreetly. You can still come into the front and there's two doors on each side face different ways. There's options. So we compromised. We compromised. I wanted a catwalk. I wanted balconies. I wanted those things that I'd be priced out of in America that I couldn't afford. Oh, nigga wants to have a rich looking house. So we're going to make him pay some places. You can't do certain things because of the code. But if you're rich enough and pay some money to the table, they'll change it for you here. You can do what you want. So we compromised. And the way I am, I like to embellish things. I'm like, oh, I could have added this or added that. Eh, I'll do it next time or later on. But we compromised. And not one time did she ever say that she was not happy with the layout of that home. We got it done in 20 minutes, all three floors, because we already knew each other. As much as she would watch um, HGTV and you know watch the shows with the plants and stuff like that, I already knew just from being around her. She already knew about me. I'm a private person. I can be very public when I'm home. I'm private. I don't want to see no windows that can look at me. I don't want nobody that I don't know. I don't care if I know them. 
looking at me. I want to go in every square inch of my yard and have complete and total privacy. That's the New York in me. And New York spaces at a premium. I grew up in a nice little home, but it was a small home. When you go outside, you're packed around so many people. I wanted something different at this phase of my life. You see what I mean? So we compromised. I gave her everything she wanted in that layout. I didn't just say, hey, here it is. I just wanted to have my steps in the back. And I just wanted to have my studio. And you can decide. I'll help you. I visualize a little better. I will give you something that once it's done, you're going to be completely happy. Because you can be in there and be together in the same home and be apart. And if you want to have your alone time, if she wants to cook and play music and just meditate and do this on her own because she gets in her own world, she can do that. That could be blasting music, doing a blog, or doing a live show, concrete floors. You ain't hearing nothing. So when we're together, we're together. We have enough space that we can still expand in the yard to expand. And when we put the walls up to expand, compromise, we both get what we want. That's what it should be about. And to be considered, considerate of your mate that you make sure they get what they want. See, we didn't intend for the place to be that big. I didn't put numbers to it. I just handed it to the architect and he put numbers to it, measurements and made it like 25% bigger than what we thought it was going to be. You could shrink that place down. I'll be cool with it because it was a layout, the layout, the privacy. You see, Mrs. Skirvet first didn't understand right next to the kitchen. We have two bedrooms on the middle floor, which looks like the first floor. She said, why did you put a wall going across? I said, what if somebody wanted to come out of that bedroom? They don't want to walk into the middle of the kitchen. They may want to, if we have guests, we turn this into an Airbnb. They can walk out, walk down the steps and walk out and not interfere with you in the kitchen. You see what I mean? There's a little wall that comes out from the front living room in front of one of those doors. If one of those people that are in the bedroom want to come out and leave, you don't have to see them. They can come in and have to be seen from the living room. You can discreetly slip in. It makes the place feel bigger. You can have the same square footage in a house, and if it's not laid out right, one place a bit can feel smaller with what they did with their space, and the other one can feel vast with angles. I like angles. To take one little bit of area and, 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 and give vast possibilities of traffic flow, angles, views outside, the balconies. You can go out there and you'll be in a different world. There's two sets of balconies out there wrapped around pretty much. If you don't want to be bothered, go out there and lay out and fall asleep on the, you know what I mean? We all can find our level. That's what home should be. So not to go off too much on that, but, but compromise. Be willing to compromise and you'll always get what you want. That's one of my private sayings. Be willing to compromise with a reasonable person who's considerate on you also. And you'll always get what you want. See? So that's what it is. Respect for each other's boundaries and privacy. It goes the same way. My mother, from young, when I had my room, you know, I wasn't in a crib no more, you know, I had my room. I never locked the door. But guess what? I could be six years old and she'd knock first. She taught me respect for privacy in others' boundaries, right? By giving me that. So therefore, I learned how to give that. Not by saying it, or she locks her doors and my father's door, which they could if they wanted. You know, from sometimes the sounds coming out that room, I, I know why they would lock the door. <laughs> oh, my God, I don't want to think about that. That's my mother and my father. <laughs> but that's how I got here. 
But she would never, or my father would never, unless they thought it was an emergency, unless they thought something was burning, or something, you know, there was never nothing burning. I wasn't there smoking anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they gave me that respect. And it, and it raised me up a certain way. That's why I can't understand people who just don't respect the boundaries. They barge on in. You're there. I don't care if there's no wall between the. You know, don't, don't step over. Don't come all up looking. Whatever. My wife might be in there naked or something like that. Is that what you're looking for? You know what I mean? I mean, respect us. Respect the boundaries. Give that to the person. In this apartment, I'm way to the front. Mr. is way to the back. There's a big heavy steel door. The heavy doors they have here. Sometimes I know she can hear me, but she's like, that's just Lance on the live stream talking crazy. I might get loud. And I'll be able to do that even then when we get to the next place. And we have so much space that ain't no boundaries. I'll be glad to see her and she'll be glad to see me. But if she's in the mood to want to be quiet and talk to the plants, be with the plants, her babies, that's a special relationship that has helped her all through life for some of the trauma trauma that she's experienced, the plant world and being out in the yard, that's the only one of the only things. That's beyond even me. That heals her better than I could. Every time we see plants, she has to grab one. She has to bring it home to be family to her other babies. Tomorrow, she's sending me on a mission early on. She said, Lance, when you wake up, I want you to go over there and pick up those plants. Not that, oh, I'll just want five types. She has to have everything and she wants to group them together as family so they can have each other. And that's her world. And she smiles a smile that you just wouldn't believe. She can be out there all day long, sweaty and tired and hungry, but she doesn't feel good until she gets the job done each and every day. That's why right now it might be 12, 19, but she's about to here another six and a half hours gone. When I wake up, she's gone. She might give me a quick peck and she's out of here. Now, when I'm up there, I was changed a little bit. I'll be right there with them. And we'll get more videos up there. <laughs> and I'll come back to this apartment. And eventually, you know, I talked to the landlord already. And I said, listen, I've been doing this rooftop perspectives. I may not do it every day. But at least, you know, two or three times a month, I come down here and go up. So even when I'm not renting here, just no, 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 no. I want you to go up there. I love it. I watch it every time you hook that. So really? Yeah, show it to people all over the world. Friends of mine, this is the top of my apartment building. This is the guy who does the videos. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's a nice thing, though. You know? Okay, here it is. Respect for each other. Okay, we, we spoke on that one. This is number 24. Conflict resolution skills and ability to handle disagreements. Ooh, this is a big one. I don't want to hear what you got to say. Well, I don't want to hear what you got to say neither. I pay the bills up in here. What you mean? I'm the one that give you that loving every night. No, I don't care about that. I can give it to somebody else. What? By the times when it comes time for conflict resolution, all of the dirty laundry comes out and we never get to the point. Why is that? All of the dirty laundry comes out. It's like I was watching Dave Chappelle uh, stand up yesterday and earlier today. <laughs> and he says, why do people have to bring up things that are irrelevant in a time of conflict? You know, conflict, not fighting, but, you know, it's time for you to have some kind of resolution, conflict resolution skills. And um, it's not about a man and a woman, but just have a skit wit. And so he said, you know, his uh, a girlfriend was saying, oh, you're always leaving dishes in the sink. Ah, you're, you're, you're just so nasty. And so he said, well, um, that's just the way I am. I'll try to improve. And she turned around and said, premature ejaculator. And he's like, what does that have to do with the dishes in the sink? See, we bring up other things <laughs> that are lurking below and it's like dropping gasoline on a fire, thinking that it's water and going to put the fire out. 
We can't do that. Keep it focused on what need. You see, I can zero in on stuff. Total madness can be going on around me and I can grab a pen and a paper and draw a nice picture and focus. A lot of times we get so emotional. We don't have these skills. Things become unraveled and we're rolling around on the ground, punching and scratching each other because we don't have those, those conflict resolu resolution skills. And you have to be able to handle disagreements. I like to isolate and cut around it and focus on that thing. You see what I mean? Oh, I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's cadences. <laughs> New name. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. What is this? Did she type this? Right? Oh, Sister Oyala, beautiful self. Thank you for coming on in. Right? Um, yeah. A lot of times we bring in other things that have nothing to do, and it makes it worse because we'll argue about those other things that we have hidden deep in our hearts and never get to the point to have a resolution on that specific thing. It doesn't have to spread. It doesn't have to become some bigger thing of confusion. And a lot of relationships are lost because of that. You see what I mean? So that's what it is. Here we go. Here we go. Drum roll, please. Last and final one. Emotional, physical safety in the relationship. See, we understand the physical safety to feel protected around someone from any harm that they won't go off and smack you and punch you and threaten you. See, so when we say emotional and physical safety in a relationship, of course you're not going to let an outside force you know, come in and hurt the person you're with. What they're really saying is, in the relationship, physical safety. As a man, you're supposed to make your woman feel safe no matter how much stronger you are over her. When me and Mrs. Skurf wrestle or play or whatever, I let her win some of the time. I let her win most of the time. I run away like I'm scared. Oh, don't hurt me, whatever. And she knows what time it is, but she enjoys that, right? But to feel really safe that, oh, if I say this, he might, he might threaten me or, or he might hit me or get mad and punish me. You know how many women are living in fear that way of, of physical harm? That they just, just can't be themselves? They can't express their opinion? What do you mean uh, that baseball team's going to win? What are you saying it's going to? No, no, it's not going to win. So, so what? You said what? Shut up with that. Pow! Just over something so stupid. You got to make her feel safe that no matter what. Even if, and, and I'm no simp. Even if she kind of gets a little, you know, physical. I can take that. You might have to let off a little steam. Don't, I mean, don't take a hammer and try to hit me in the head with it. That's, a, that's abuse. I'm not taking no abuse. Even if, I, if, if I'm stronger than you, I'm not, I'm not going to take it. But sometimes certain things you'll let pass depending on the situation at that particular time. You know what I mean? You got to have wisdom in those situations, you know? But emotional safety. Look, we all have a past. And this woman is, and again, I'm speaking on women because I'm a man. These things go for the men, as you ladies may think of the men. I said at the beginning, the people who are new here, the people who want to hear this, oh, you talk about the women, what about the men? This, this, this is interchangeable. But when they say the emotional safety, what if you found yourself abandoned by your family? You may have gotten pregnant at a very young age. And they abandoned you because they were in the church and now you you made them look bad because you had a child so young and 
and they just they just got rid of you and you're on your own they would not help you or acknowledge you other people may have but it only went but so far you found yourself in a homeless shelter you found yourself down and out now this is stuff that i've known through talking to people in life especially driving the bus in jail and just in life and now you have nothing you've had men who have offered you a place to stay but it came with strings attached and you did not want to do that but now it's getting colder winter time is coming you got your child to take care of you're in a shelter there's a possibility a child may get taken away from you you have one girlfriend who is in a halfway all right situation but she has a man and that woman takes care of your child on nights that he's going to work and you've decided that you have to walk the streets it's unfortunate but many women make up that their mind for that a lot of them may not have the resources and all these holy rollers but the lord would have made a way you didn't have to go that way well where was your ass to help her you talk this stuff, but you're not going to be the person to do. And I ain't going to, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about the things I've done for people. But I've been there for people. And it made me feel good that I can be used that way at a crucial time. Yes. And I intend on doing that more in the future, as I said on myself. But here's the thing. You share this early on in your new relationship. You found a good man, but you just struggled with the thought of, should I tell him that, that I went through this dark chapter in my life or should I keep it quiet? And you decide, well, if he's going to love me, he's going to love me for who I am. And I'm going to tell him. It wasn't long, but I told him, you know, and he seemed to not let it bother him. It didn't bother him because he reassured me. And I felt so good that he loved me unconditionally. But two or three years go down in the relationship. And like we said on number 25, emotional and physical safety in the relationship. Physical safety, okay, we got that. But emotional safety, is he going to protect your emotional realm, status, when you get into an argument? Is he going to throw it back in your face on what you made a decision to do? that you weren't proud of, but you had to do it because you had a child, you need to make money? Is he going to throw this back in your face and dig it up? Because you thought that he loved you unconditionally and he accepted you for who you are and he's not holding this, holding this against you. Emotional safety. If he throws this in your face, you're not safe emotionally because the things you told him should be sacred if he loves you, locked and, locked and sealed. I almost said locked and loaded. No, we don't mean it that way. If he puts his hand on you, <laughs> right? So maybe that's not a Freudian slip. I think my Freudian slips are a little bit of intellectual things coming out another part of my brain. But it's a beautiful thing when you can. Oh, okay. Thank you. I just got that text message. It's a beautiful thing when you know you can come to a person with it all. Then that manifestation of European uh, creation, the white Jesus, wouldn't have so much of a hold if we had people we can come to that would love us unconditionally. Now, wouldn't it? It would be a beautiful thing. It would be a beautiful thing. So we have to make sure 
And I wouldn't suggest to anyone to hold things in. Because if the relationship is going to backfire on you that way, then you don't need to be with that person. And you let them know. I feel I can trust you. I feel that this is something I can share with you because it's going to relieve me of not the guilt because I made the decision, but it's going to relieve me of that tension that you don't know what I've been through. See, when you love someone, you will accept all that they have been through. They are to come to you and open up and release. See, us men, we don't mind a woman releasing sexually on us. But what about releasing those emotions and things in the back of their head that they struggle with that if I tell them, and then they may run into somebody in the street that reveals it and the fear of that. You're sitting in a restaurant, all night joint, you know, Denny's or whatever. And some dude walks up to you at your table. Your man left to go to the bathroom. Hey girl, you think you can swing a little Tommy tonight? That last time you gave me was real good. How much you charging again? And then your man, your husband walks up. What a situation that is. So yes, it's good to be transparent, but it's also good to know that the person that you're with is ride or die with you 100%, no matter what. Because now if he knows and he walks up on that scenario, he will handle that man. Like, listen, I don't know what you're thinking now, but this is my wife. And regardless as to what she's done in the past, She's with me, and I love her very much. And if you think she is that, she is not that no more. So I suggest, unless you want your dentist to be very rich tomorrow, that you get to step in. You see what I mean? All the way. But you can't have it all the way unless you stay transparent. Anyway, wow. I didn't know I was talking for two hours and 31 minutes straight. <laughs> 25 items on the list. It's on landscurve.com on the particular posting for this. I'll try to get it and put it in this particular video so that when uh, anybody in the future wants to know, because it's going to get buried under so many other. <laughs> okay, let me find it. Let me find it. Let, oh, here it is. Okay, I'm going to drop this in the room in a second. I'm going to drop the link to say anything if you want to. You don't have to because we're going to have the conference line afterward. I'm going to drop that too in a second. Okay. If you want to come on in and say something, feel free because I know this platform may bear my name, but I'm not a hog. It's not just for me to talk. If you want to talk, you can come on in and talk. Yeah, there it is. Now I'm going to get the link for the this particular show on Lanskirt.com that has the full list of these different attributes that make for a better marriage and a better union and a better friendship. It doesn't just have to be marriage, right? It could be any, it could be something that you can get from this on a business relationship. Okay. I'm going to put the title with this. So give me a second to go back and copy and paste that. I'm a copy and paste and fool. <laughs> My Apple computer doesn't have touch screen, but the other two computers do. I forget sometimes I'm steady touching the screen. <laughs> That's funny. But technology hasn't gotten the best of me. But this AI thing scares me. Okay. 
Here's the link. About to drop it. Okay, what did I do? Okay, shift. And that. Okay, here we go. Forevermore, that's what it is right there. There's a link to this particular show. Uh, it has the show on there, but it has a list on there. And that's on the actual site, landscape.com. And when you go to landscape.com, drop, drop some comments below. Not just in the chat room that you may see there, but go below because the comments stay with that particular blog post forever. And it's like an archive, you know, memory of that particular time or that particular show. It kind of puts it in stone. Come on into the website and dig deep and look at the videos and the artwork and the writing and stuff. I wrote two articles earlier today. I might drop those in there too. If you haven't seen it, I dropped it in and... um. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Okay, here is one. Okay, no one else is better qualified to heal yourself but you. I woke up and did that one. That's crazy. Okay, hold on. This is, I don't know where the words come from sometimes. I am not that brilliant. <laughs> it comes from somewhere else. <laughs> I just open it up, open up and allow it to, to come on in, put the title in. That was a very healing one. That's the way I felt. I felt that somebody needed to hear some healing words written a different way. Not somebody preaching at you because people like to preach at people. One-sided conversation. No, no, no. I want my words. When I write them, I want them to talk to you directly. Okay. There it is. There it is. You can go to the site. There's another one about, uh, what was the title? A little more comical. Not as deep, so I'm, I'll... I'll let you find that one. Let me tell you why the U.S. government has severe, a severe case of TikTok penis envy. <laughs> In a nutshell, the United States government can control YouTube and Facebook and censor people and work along with the CIA. The reason why they're mad, they're not mad because they're concerned about you getting information, uh, the Chinese getting information on you. They get information on you. The thing is, they can't stop certain creators from telling the world, what America is all about and speaking truth, they can't, they can't, they can't shadow ban that. And now that TikTok has grown a little more where I see more adults and a lot of worthwhile things, of course you have the women who are twerking and all you know, you gotta go past that. I'm seeing how it's a worthwhile thing. So I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start dumping some content on there and, and putting some stuff out there on a regular basis. So look for that. I have one little cheesy video on there, like 60 seconds long. I never put nothing on there. A lot of folks, oh, Skirb, I found you here. I'm glad to see you. I'm like, I ain't put nothing up yet. So, it's a lot behind the scenes, right? So, there's ways of doing it, and I have to look at the, these tutorials and learn it. Won't be tomorrow, but it'll be very soon. Now, let me just point you up once again to our. Um, Okay. Oh, I'm going to share a funny joke with you, right? I went on chat G GPT or GTP or GTP. I'm down with GTP. Yeah, you know me. And I typed in a couple of things, got some good answers. And then I said, you know, let me do myself. Who is Lance Skurve? Let me see what AI is going to say. What have they collected on me? This is weird. Listen to this. Lance Skurve is an online pseudonym used by a blogger, comma, internet host, and social commentator named Kevin E. Jackson. 
who the hell is Kevin E. Jackson? He is known for his controversial opinions and his willingness to discuss taboo topics such as racism, politics, and religion. Lance Skurve has a strong following on social media and his website where he shares his thoughts on various issues and invites others to share their opinions as well. Who the hell is Kevin E. Jackson? Because Kevin E. Jackson, according to AI, is me. I, Lance Skurve is a pseudonym, okay? All of this is I took the I and the N off the back of Skurve that was Skurvin and put it together and made Lance Skurve. But who is Kevin E. Jackson? Sorry, Mr. Jackson, <laughs> I am for real. You ain't hijacking my identity, no. I'm going to find out who this is. How did AI pull it up? And I asked different ways, and it was Kevin E. Jackson. And when I Googled Kevin E. Jackson, of course, we think it's not a common name because of the E in there. Dude, there's thousands of Kevin E. Jacksons. But I found out that this is some guy who is in Boston and an activist. And somehow, some way, I became the pseudonym, and he's the real thing. Used by a blogger, you know, all this is crazy. It's crazy. Anyway, I'm going to wrap this down. Um, you can come into the conference room. I'll be there in about five minutes. I'm going to get something to drink and drink a whole lot of more liquid. A whole lot of more. I didn't like Mr. T. A whole lot of more. A lot of more. <laughs> a whole lot more. Excuse me. I'm, 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 I'm deserving of a verbal typo or two. I just want to thank you all for coming through. And um, I didn't know I was going to talk that long. I never time it anyway. So we will be on the conference line. And, um, oh, again, I'm going to drop the link. But can I drop the whole thing? No, I can't drop the whole thing. I'd like to. This is just too much. It would go beyond. Let's just, let's just try it out. Let's just do a few of them up to this point, And then I'll come back with some more. Because there's a limit on how much you can put 200 characters. Let's see. Let's see if it goes through. El Salvador. Yeah, okay. Okay, let me get the rest of the list. Let me get the rest of the list. This is dope, though. Just a little piece here. You put it in. Okay. Let's see if that goes through. Malta. Yeah, that was the last country I did. I could just drop the link. You can find this information on Landscape right on top, where it says international calling numbers. So that's what we'll do. Okay, here we go. There is a United States calling number, but that's the number that we have, our own unique one. That's at the top of this chat room. So you can, if you're in any one of those countries, you can use those direct numbers. You will not be charged because it's basically in the cloud, the internet. So it's not a physical thing you have to pay, but it's created that way so that you can call from that country and forevermore get into the chat, right? The conference call. I'm sorry, this is the chat. So I'm going to be there soon. Thank you all for coming through. Know that I love you all very much. And um, let's just keep it going. Let me see who else. Yes, Sister Oyala. Seltzer water. That's what you're talking. Yes, 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 yes. I'm glad I saw it. Thank you, Tracy J. <laughs> I just, I just want the bubbly now. You know what I mean? And for those who don't know, become a patron and get all the hardcore stuff. 
I'm going to start that again tomorrow. I want to do several a day. If it's like three of them, like 15 minutes or something on different news topics, it doesn't have to be a whole hour and a half on one thing. I want to catch the little things and give the opinions and viewpoints, but not be afraid to talk, which I'm not afraid to talk because, you know, I get banned a lot. So I got YouTube street cred, y'all. <laughs> I got street credibility on YouTube. I'm a gangster. <laughs> yeah, man, he done been locked up for a long time. We know scurvy, scared, but I'm not stupid. I'm legal now, right? I'm going to play by the rules over here, but I got some work going on on the other side of town, and that's called Patreon, right? So, yeah, and um, like I said, that'll support and keep things going because YouTube is really wrecking me up on so many levels, not to com complain, but... That's what it is. It is what it is. But yeah, let me run. Let me get out of here. Get some more to drink. Check on Miss Scurve. And guess what? We're going to talk a little more. We're going to let it happen. All right? So here we go. Much love to you all. Check out the Patreon. Not much to get in. And I'll see you in a little while.
take it away, feeling too good to me. Chilling all day, all in your space is where I wanna be. Here in this room, what did you do? I just can't get enough. Too caught up in your love. I've been trying to forget, but you won't let me. Something in my brain wants you. I've been hanging by myself, asking for help, but nothing seems to work on you. Yeah. Just can't stop thinking about 